this session, ha, Podcast Night is finally here, and as a forever DM, I can't wait to talk about how to be a better DM all night. Wait, do you hear that? It can't be! No! It's, it's Players Night! Join our adventure party as we delve into the social and cultural aspects of our favorite game, all while enlightening our taste buds with a random craft beer. So crack open your favorite Bardic Inspiration and roll initiative with us of Dice and Brews. Okay, so I need some help because my adventuring party that I DM for... Like, other than mental help? I don't think you guys can help me with that. Um, I need professionals for that. Well, I and I do have forever DM. <laughs> ben, ben played one in a campaign. Uh, forever DM? No, uh, a professional. A professional. <laughs> okay. Okay, so in my homebrew world, there was this, like, arch lich thousands of years ago who found like this well of magic and he built this tower that was basically like the corpses it was like a sentient tower that like fed off the corpses of all these things so he was like a necromantic arch lich kind of thing yeah un- undead kind of goes with undead. yeah it kind of does right yeah, um the lich part so <laughs> so anyway he, there was a there was a group of people that obviously opposed him and had some helps help from like deities and they cause or they they defeated him but in the process they like basically nuked the tower and it created this who knows how deep gash in the ground that's called the silent sliver right and so it's it is the doo-doo in there (laughs) 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 and so like but this is like a huge like chasm right it's probably like a quarter mile like when when the shooting star fell and 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 eviscerated the the chapel and tristram kind of thing i leading to like the the hells yeah kind of or like yeah a lot um but like anyway it's huge it's not a crater it's it's like a rip in the 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 ground itself anyway it's called the silent sliver because you can't hear anything no magic can be cast around it or, or you know in it and i've got this group of like an order of knights that are like way higher power than the the party right and they're fighting these cultists and they i call them the knights of the valorant they're these these uh the bards the dragonborn like <laughs> paladins and and whatnot anyway so the adventure party walks in and they witness this battle going on and it's like clearly like way outside of their league so they just kind of have to stand back and just watch this thing happen well part nope, of we're jumping in <laughs> well these these dragonborn paladins and clerics are just like deity level powerful so they defeat the cultists but one of them to defeat the cultists grabs one of the cultists like the the leader cultist and like jumps into the silent sliver with it right and then the other 
three show up to the edge and they're looking into the silent sliver. They're having like this conversation of like, what do we do? How can we, you know, take this? And they go, well, we got to go after him. He's part of the party. So they just jump into the silent sliver too. So I give my guys like, I'm just trying to like set this up as like, hey, this is, there's this bigger thing going on that you guys aren't ready for, but this is also going on kind of thing. They jumped right into that shit, huh? They did. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. Like, what I motherfucking heroes? <laughs> I told them, like, I, one of the characters really wanted to jump in and the other guys were like, no, no, we're not, we're not going to do this. We're not, we're not going to do this. So he goes to jump in anyway and the other one goes to grab him and he grabs him. They, they do like this opposing strength check thing to see if he can pull him back out and all that stuff and he slips and he falls and he goes in. And so the other two are sitting, there, sitting there having the same conversation. Well, it's part of the party, right? Yeah, basically like, let's, let's do this. So they jump in and that's where I ended the session and they're like, so what happened? And I'm like, roll a new character, yet. you know, is what I said because I was like, I don't know how they're going to, what's going to happen. Like, am I going to... Well, I feel like you just have to come up with a whole, whole new campaign now. Well, like they just well, turned your shit upside down well, on its head. Did, did you have, did you have an idea of what was down at the, the bottom of this? There Where, isn't a bottom. Did, there isn't a bottom. level shit. <laughs> All right. Well, now there has to be. Well, see, and that's what I'm wondering. Is maybe, like either, maybe it didn't, either... uh, it's not like a clean cut through and they come to a, a like a, a ledge, ledge yeah. that leads to a cavern system or something. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. The only thing you got to figure out how, how they survived the fall. Or or to have like- <laughs> have... They turn into goldfish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or or have the something about the Knights of the Valorant like- notice them coming and like do something about it or whatever i don't know but the other thing that i thought would be cool and i'm just bouncing this off you guys because i'm like seriously lost this just happened wednesday what level are they they're level four fuck that might be a little too soon for a you know planer you, well but planer shifts you can totally and shit. like spin this into the underdark i was thinking that but the other thing that i was thinking is what if it was like okay yeah everybody roll up new characters you have no clue what's going to happen with those characters and then those characters come back as squires of the knights of the valorant later on in the camp Pain. Don't know if those players are invested in those characters. Had to just kill them off because you don't have a uh, uh, what's on the other side of the, the cliff. <laughs> yeah, See, but you to know, me, like that's eh. exciting because you get an opportunity to like go to a whole new world. <laughs> but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like I, I would totally like I, to me. Out of the abyss just sticks in my head, like the beginning of that yeah. book. How like, um, maybe they don't remember the fall, and maybe they they end up somewhere and they're prisoners. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, and I then like you that. have this whole like, um, them trying to escape this prison, and they meet a couple of NPCs, and maybe one of the Knights of the Valorant are there, and he has amnesia, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Hey, man, we witnessed you do this thing." He's like, "I don't know what the fuck you're talking about," and they have to like trip him into this whole like, "Yeah, dude, there, there's your fucking story right there." You just well, did it. Do okay. you know, uh, uh, also, you know, you can go uh, um, Astral Sea. Yeah, I was where thinking. that would cover the fall. You can combine the two well, together. That would cover so, like, the fall because once you hit the Astral Sea, there is no up, down, left, right. It's, you could think direction and you just go the direction. Here's... Here's kind of and there's a shit ton of stuff in the Astral Sea. All the little fishes in. Here's deep kind deep of sea. my my issue is is that as soon as they said rolled new characters, they were like, oh awesome, okay, I'm gonna do this, this, and this, and it was like, so you guys really don't care about these characters? Then talk to them, make them make them care, invest in them. Well, yeah, I'm, I, I'm trying. Here's the thing though, man. Like I think that you should. If I was doing that, I would go with the whole. I it doesn't really matter like the setting of where you put it. Like you could put it in the Astral Sea, but I think the whole. Um, 
around the whole campaign becomes around reuniting the knights of the valorant together again you know what i mean like if you have one of them with amnesia and they're in this like pow um, yeah. camp and and he doesn't know anything and they're the only ones that last witness this epic battle and then you got to find it's like finding keys or something like that but now you got to find the four four members of the group so they travel this other planar mm-hmm. dimension or yeah whatever it is trying to unite the the members again mm-hmm. and then only then can they like get out of there you know what i mean or okay. like return return or even close the sliver of silence I, that 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 somehow that's solve a, really, a, a millennia old problem yeah. and then yeah. fight maybe maybe the cultist is like the lead cultist was like a reborn was the reborn or the rebirth of the archlich in the first place so now they have to fight him at the end of it yeah i don't that just sounds really cool man yeah, you got you got a million avenues to I, go I, I knew i did i just i wanted i wanted to like bounce him off somebody because it's one of those things yeah, where lead him right into you can go uh, so many different you, can have, you or... can you can have that paladin become like a pacifist monk now to where like he's like all invested in his chi yeah and he has like no desire to fight or whatever even have it like a year later yeah to where like nobody remembers anything you know what i mean they just wake up in this like infirmary kind of thing out of their comas Mm -hmm. and then they're like prisoners of the pnw or pnw like a and w uh prisoners of this like a drow war camp or gith war camp or mind flare war camp or something like that and even like dude boost them up a couple levels yeah Make it Our, more interesting. You know, something that'd be kind of intriguing, I think. Like, whatever setting you can want to take them to, uh, you know, Underdark, Hells, Astral Seat, whatever. Doesn't matter. But wherever they are, they, they start, the, you know, their they're probably main thing is probably to hunt down the, the, the Knights of the Valorant. Valorant or Valor? Valorant. Valorant. Uh, I, then they hunt- apparently, it's a video game, like a, a mob shooter or something. I've never heard of it. And I thought it was a cool name. And I was like, I'm going to add that to my thing. <laughs> Joys of homebrewing, but they, but they, they're, they're trying to track these down, these guys down, and and maybe you know time has has, has elongated during the fall, and the the knights are already here, and they lost, and now they're a part of the bad guys. They maybe they've been taken over. So as these, as your party is hunting down each one, and you know maybe they run into one, and they're like, oh, you know, we found one of the guys, and he he leads them along or something, and betrayal. Yeah. I, think, I think that would be cool to have one of them. Like- like that to where you like you oh yeah you one set, of them yeah, or you Judas set this whole character. yeah you set this whole mission up and then maybe like the last one is like the guy that like turn coded yeah but, but he was the first that's, one to jump a, down the hole. That's a great avenue yeah. for, like, they're on the hunt. They could be on the hunt for these guys, and they get betrayed by their own quarry. Or even the guy that, that finds his memory. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. like, I, I know I'm spinning this memory thing, but I think that's really cool. But, like, as soon as, like, he, you start to find his buddies, and even he doesn't recognize his buddies or anything, but he still goes along on his mission. And then when you get to the fourth one, and you guys finally reunite, right, reunite the four, is there four or five? There's currently four, but, I mean, they're like, there's... Right, so, I mean, you, you reunite the four guys... Give me six Dragonborn <laughs> night minis, so that's what I'm but going you, with. You reunite these four guys together, and then all of a sudden his memory comes back, and then he's like, "No, I was actually a double crosser the whole fucking time, and this is my plan." The one that the one that uh, tackled the dude off the edge, yeah. he was the one. That, yeah. he, that was his whole plan to get down there, anyways. And him tackling the dude was his guys subterfuge. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "That's my way down to where the rest of the guys don't know I'm betraying them, but I'm really trying to get down there." Hmm. Yeah, I, you got tons of avenues. Yeah, there's a lot to go on there. A lot. Lots of avenues to go. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I knew there was. I just wanted to kind of like. I'll DM it. You can play I one of like, the nights. I do like oh. the betrayal idea. Yeah. You know? I like the betrayal idea. I like the amnesia idea. I yeah, like you can the mix it all together. The four one of the guys could be paladins. the amnesia dude. One of them could be the traitor. I think you need five, though, and make them. Uh, they're metallic, aren't they? Yeah, that's that That was kind of the point. So, like, really what it was is Power Rangers is kind of where I got the idea. Absolutely. Is, you know, we've got five types of dragonborn, but then I was going to have the white ranger and a green ranger for those that know he originally was green he was green not white you're not spoiling anything it's like 30 years ago whatever (laughs) anyway but having like the leader of the order almost being like an aspect of bahamut so he's a platinum dragonborn i don't know what that means yet but it's homebrew i can do whatever i want exactly (laughs) this is a singing episode (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that was kind of my my thought is is like having one of them like what's what's been fun is like while i'm painting the miniatures creating the story is creating the story and that's the best part about everything i was painting some snowy trees today and every tree every happy little tree had a story (laughs) Oh, yeah? That's how it goes, man. That's awesome. Bob Ross over here. (laughs) Happy little trees. They got squirrels in them and... Nope, no squirrels. Oh. No, it's it's, it's not that happy. It's this no place little, where no little it's devils. Like, it's this place where it's like super cold. So yeah, squirrels aren't aren't really hanging out. No, but yeah. chewingas are right. Chewingas are hanging yeah. out. Oh, the chewingas. The chewingas are hanging out. What is the name of that campaign? <laughs> I was trying to get him to say it without saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you guys say it more than I do. I think we allude to it more than we oh, yeah. you yeah. say. It. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, man, like so, the sun has been out the last couple of days. Oh, I'll tell I don't know about, about you guys, but I just feel this like sense of refreshment. Where's like, the barbecue, man? I don't know, but we should have done that tonight. We, we should have done that. Hey, but you know what? Though? This is the start. So we have many sunny. This is sunny. the start. But yeah, I, I don't know. The sun is out and I was like listening to music that wasn't just like instrumental. Yeah. You know, and, and that's kind of fun. And, and to me, like there's nothing more relaxing on a summer's day than listening to uh, punk bands cover 80s rock songs. Oh, yeah. So good. Okay. So on that like note, who? they're Reliant K, which isn't really a punk band. It's like, so like not even just punk bands, emo yeah. Slash okay. Alternative. Well, the pop goes punk. Yeah, or the, all, or the punk whole, goes like, pop yeah. albums. Yeah, no, there's a. Um, I'm gonna have to find it. So talk amongst yourselves. But Reliant K does a cover of Let It Go, which is really good. Yeah, I've seen that one. And then I was listening to um, what the hell was it? It's a uh, I See Stars does Your Love from the Outfield. And has, oh yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's one of my favorite songs to begin with. From the, like just the outfield singing, it's a really good song. Oh, sorry, it wasn't Reliant K. It was Newfound Glory. Uh, yeah, I think which yeah. did the uh, they do a lot of those. They're like featured on like every one of those albums. It seems like. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, like so. There's nothing better in my mind than like punk, oh, this is up, me. I don't even know who that is, but pumping up it's the like punk Tori goes almost. pop yeah. music. <laughs> and then there's another. There's a more than a feeling one, which is originally by Boston, but I I, yeah. I, I forget who does that one too. But it's just so good. They got the so power, power. Get the vibes going. Yeah, and then uh, a great one. when they do the R and B songs too, like there's a, a punk rendition of the Umbrella song that's really oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Stitches song, <laughs> so good. Uh, there's one out there too of Red Red Wine. Yeah, by UB40, I've seen that one, which yeah. is good. But that on that same album, they also have uh, Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, which is cool. But yeah, or I, I don't know about you guys, but it gets me thinking. Suns out is is time to go back to the high school playlist. I don't know why, but there's something like really nostalgic 
specific about re-listening to the stuff that I, I listened ever, to when I was in high school. I don't know if I ever leave the high school playlist, though, to be yeah. honest with you. Like, yeah. it's always mixed in. I, well, I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the, I, I find myself, you know, spending a lot of time with podcasts, books on tape, and then hmm. also, like, a lot of, like, uh, jazz lately or R&B no, can, and stuff. I can see that, though, because ever since we picked up this podcast and stuff like that, all I've been doing is, like, listening to instrumentals. Yeah. So, like, that's that's what I feel like I'm I'm, I'm looking for those instru- instrumentals to do, like, battle music for mm-hmm. or hey if we do a, a side quest video or something like that what other music can i use or yeah I, I just don't do I, I don't think i've listened to music in probably over a year like just like sat down and enjoyed and listened to it i well okay it's mostly driving like to mostly, be honest yeah. with so yeah i drive and i audiobook well and i the most of the time that i do listen to music is with my record collection and i let my future brother-in-law borrow my turntable to listen to an Uh-oh. album no no no, it, oh. it, it's, it's fine i know exactly where it is um and i know you are where you live I've he got doesn't a particular set of skills he doesn't need it right now but like the where i live currently the apartment that i live in like there's not a ton of space and um i had it all set up to where like you know you got the turntable and the, the speakers and you just plug it in and come home and do you got your comfy recliner i don't have and the car- your loafers i do have my loafers do you get the mm. the robe? Yeah, yeah the, robe. the robe. Out. I don't have a robe, so, so I just pajamas. You need one. I think loafers and, and your birthday pipe? suit is the best way to listen to. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, that was a picture gee. I didn't need. <laughs> yeah, you you don't have your mind does not have to go there. <laughs> you said <laughs> it, yeah, and, and you know it's one of those things. All the conclusion as yeah. you're talking, you're like, I'm you know I'm engaged, and I'm listening, and I'm like, oh and yeah, then, penny loafers and bur- oh get fuck. away, get away, God damn it, you. Said that. <laughs> Squirrels and snowy trees. Squirrels and snowy trees. <laughs> anyway, there's a happy place. There's a no, happy but I've been place. I've been listening to like uh, the there's a Toto album. I can't remember the name of it, but you know that song Africa by Toto. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that song is a guilty pleasure of mine. Oh yeah, it's such a good song. The best part about it is like listening to how many renditions like other people do. Oh, so you can have like a whole Spotify list of just Africa, just Africa. <laughs> yeah, by same song on repeat, so, but yeah. it's well, not. There's uh, Call on Me is the same kind of way, but anyway, they, that album and that's what I kind of like about vinyl is, is you have to kind of just like listen through the whole album. You can't be impatient. That album has such good music on it, and it's Toto's a one hit wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it is. It's like, wait a minute. Like, this is actually good stuff. It's like sweet. Like, sweet's known for like ballroom blitz. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. the whole album, like if you listen to the greatest hits, you're like, it's and a they pop. had a lot of songs that were really fantastic. Or like, but or then you go the other way where you've got like Boston, where really the first album is their greatest hits. Yeah, true. They, like anything it's like the after- first five songs in Synchronicity. Well, like, uh, what do they have after this? <laughs> <laughs> is there any point to listen to anything else? Not did really. They just, did they just repackage the first album as the greatest hit? Yeah, music. Oh, so good, so good. But. When the sun's out, that's what I, yeah, I, I, I just feel like it's music time, to, time. Yeah, it's time to like roll down the windows, let your hair hang down, what left of it I have. Yeah. And then, <laughs> all of it's head. on our chins now, not on the top <laughs> of our fell heads. Down. <laughs> <laughs> it fell down. My balls dropped. <laughs> I know somebody at work was like, why, you know, I, I, I used to keep my head shaved and then I'm starting to grow it out. And somebody at work was like, why, why are you growing your hair out? And I was like, well, you know, I was looking in the mirror and it's like looking at my hair through an x-ray, like. <laughs> I could see my skull. 
I'm like, I got one last hoorah with hair before I'm going to So you're just going to like grow it out? Yeah, I don't know what I'm, I'm just letting it go. I don't know where I'm going to go like with a it. Michael J. Fox, Teen Wolf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do have a little bit of a Teen Wolf thing going on right now. I don't know the fucking beard. And He's like middle aged yeah. wolf. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it's funny. Twilight 10 years later. Uh, what, what, I don't think those guys are even capable of growing hair on their chins. <laughs> I don't think they are either. But <laughs> <laughs> they do, they step out into the sunlight and they're like, diamond shave. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it makes me, it reminds me because I I go back and I listen to our podcast a couple times to see, you know, constant improvement. And there's a part in the third yeah, then episode. then he sends me a one doc of like, here's all the things you did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done that yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, but there, I'm still building part, that. There's a part in the third episode, which at the time of us recording this just came out last week. And we're having like this pretty in depth conversation about like, does party size matter or something like that? And, you know, you and I are talking and i thought you were involved and you're like you know what i just realized uh, zz top comment we, yeah we all are like the young zz top oh yeah we have these really the, long beards the, and i like, listen to the conversation sometimes and i'm like listening i'm like oh yeah i get it but you know something just it's like a spark in my head of something funny john let's be honest we had too much yeah, uh, that, part that, of inspiration. We did. We did oh, yeah, no, that one. <laughs> yes, that was for when sure. we did the double, the double episode. <laughs> Don't do the double episode. <laughs> yeah, we do the double episode. No, one at a time. Oh man. But yeah, no. I was I, especially. I think one of them was a nine percenter. Oh Jesus. Yeah, I think <laughs> one of them was, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, I can't remember which one, but I think one of them was a nine percenter. Oh, actually, no. We did. We so first episode was the English old ale that you guys didn't like, and then no, I, we liked it. He yeah. Didn't. Um, and then the second one we did your or the fishtail ales, the IPA, the IPA. and then the third one we did sweet, sweet as. as, and none of those were super the, heavy. I thought the first one was a nine percent. I don't it remember uh, anyway. But the first one we didn't. Uh, so we many did brain that, cells did. We yep. didn't do that one together. We did the no, sweet we as did the sweet and the, as the um the IPA. But I also think there was some proper twelve that snuck in there too, or some truly. Oh, that that's what it was. Yeah, there yeah. It is. sometimes you just gotta chase those stouts with whiskeys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, speaking so, of which, what you got? Oh, hold on. Uh, so I, I texted you guys the other night, like fucking four in the morning or some shit, about. Oh, I don't know that I even saw it. <laughs> the movie, uh, Monster Hunter. Yeah. Guys, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen it. It's brand new. You'd have to pay to. I, I rented it and I started to watch it and I was like, mm. it's so fun. It's not. It, it's a, a typical Mila Jovovich movie. So you pronounce say it? that again, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> but uh, Jehovah Mamu. <laughs> You know, it's fun to watch. Story's not captivating. It, it's that's what ca- I was gonna say. There's it's not one of yeah. those ones that There's is not cool a lot looking, of talking. But, in it. See how I how I picture it's like uh, uh, the Fifth Element. Okay, like, but that's oh, actually yeah, a really the fifth good. Element movie. was like an interesting story. No, it is. Story. It's amazing. And I love it. The Fifth Element is like one of my all time favorite movies. But it's not like a great. You wouldn't call it a great movie. I, see, I, I would disagree. call it a great movie. I disagree. You need to go back and watch. If you haven't seen that in a I, while, I probably watch it once a year. Okay, religiously. Well, this next time that yeah, you watch it, you need to watch it and think of like that is a very intricate story yeah there's a lot of moving parts in and there. it could have been it's it's like one of those times where you see a trilogy come out and you're like why wasn't this just one movie they and actually like, should have been a trilogy, this a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and well or i want to see what happens anyways, next to yeah. the point though monster hunter is is a, it was a fun movie especially I, I i was i was talking to my fiance as we're watching this and i'm like i'm watching this through D eyes Okay. Like the whole movie I was watching through the eyes of the, the spider g- thing at the beginning was pretty crazy. Oh, 
dude, it gets so much better. Is it is it Monster Hunter like Monster Hunter World the video game? Yes. Or okay, so it yeah. is based it, on it, that. It's based on that, but at no point do you get like there's no. I've never played the game, but I just know it's yeah, supposed it, to be based. It, on I've that. never played the game either. I just seen played the video game, the newest one, because I've always been inclined to play the video game because everybody talks about it like this is the best game ever. And throughout the like what the part of the movie like the first forty five minutes that I watched, you don't get the sense that this is a video game movie. Okay. How they don't try to reference everything, in my opinion, but that may be well, me see, not knowing a lot about see, the video I, game. See, I got the same thing, too, at, at the very beginning. But then things, halfway through the movie, things start to develop. Yeah. Um, and you start to see the world I think, uh, that they're in. I'll fucking tell you right now, man. I, the fucking cat was amazing. I think the, That's my new character. <laughs> okay. I think the problem with video game movies is, is that for those of us that have played the games, they're awesome. Like, I, I remember watching... Well, maybe not those who uh, played the games, well, but, but those that have a connection with I the love, game. But I love like, Prince of Persia, the game. I didn't see the movie. The movie the was movie, good. I did not like that movie. I like the movie a lot. So, maybe I have to so rewatch for it. But. My example in, in this would have been um, the the Assassin's Creed movie with uh, yeah. Michael Fassbender. They made Fassbender. that? Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a bad dream that I had. <laughs> no, no, no. But like, it, there's just parts keep of it, it as a bad that, dream. Like, it, I hate that franchise altogether. Like, I hate Assassin's well, Creed because okay. all it is is re-spucking That's That's one thing i don't like about it <laughs> here's Trash. the thing about, here's the thing about assassin's creed is i it's the same game over and over and well, over it, again it, it over is at this again. point they the because first they, they three play, were good well assassin's creed one and then the whole brotherhood trilogy and then the assassin's creed three that they should have just stopped right there but yeah. they were cashing in and, and now they still it's, are these motherfuckers well, eat mean, that shit up what's it what you got odyssey valhalla uh origins black flag black i, I Okay, Black Flag was the only one that I actually of the newer like five that I really like because the boat the boats. I, See, thought I that really like Syndicate just because I but, like the whole like seedy underground. But like, the, turn like of the, the century rev- thing, what was the Revolutionary War one? Unity. That was three, wasn't it? No. Oh, Revolutionary was just yeah. Assassin's Creed three. That, okay, maybe I didn't like that. One. Unity. Uh, I'm gonna take Black Flag because I actually like Black Flag because that Unity was introduced. Was the to- French Revolution and then the American Revolution was number three. Yeah, the the, the, the American, American Revolution Revol- was good. I did not like that game. Oh, okay. I, 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 it was the same. It's all the same fucking game. Yeah. The, they when Black Flag they introduced a whole new mechanic. Yeah, and, and see, they, I and play that it new for mechanic, the story, and the story's all lined up right. It, yeah, maybe it was the same game, but let's be honest. Like the the first Assassin's Creed, you fall into water and you instant die. Like that, you can't even like flounder well, it's around. Old game. Well, they I don't. Ha- they didn't have. Well, it's the, not the even the about development. Of, okay, hold on. It, I mean, PS3. I don't know that I'd call that necessarily that old of a game, but at the. I mean, that's two consoles ago, bro. Uh, no, but okay, but but that Did game was PS4? super repetitive. Oh, like that in game was oh, yeah. terrible. I didn't but it, even but it finish was it. The only thing, a lot of people didn't. The only thing with that, it was it was new at that time, though. So even yeah, though it was yeah. repetitive, even if, now that you go back and think about it, it's like, yeah, it was repetitive. No. But the whole thing was new. I was working at GameStop at the time, and I was like, everybody's fucking clamoring for this shit. And I'm like, okay, cool. Assassin's Creed, I'll check it out. And I picked it up, and I was like, dude, I've been playing for three hours, and I've jumped off a tower into a fucking hay bale, just like the preview, about 600 fucking times. Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out. And and I... 
that one, that franchise really, they, I think they did a really good job with the story, but they skimped on the game. They should totally have just made those really good movies I instead of making it a video game. Yeah. Man. I, I was like, if you think about like they could have really, I don't think they could have. All right. Here. What about another uh, massive franchise? Which the Assassin's Creed movie that you thought was a bad dream proves my point. Uh, I've never seen it. So Elder Scrolls series. You guys fans of those? Nope. I, I like them. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm diehard. Like 100%. I, uh, Big fan of Oblivion, big fan of Morrowind, big Morrowind, fan it of was Skyrim. my all-time favorite. I, I loved Morrowind. I was part of the beta for the Elder Scrolls Online. I didn't like uh, Online. Okay, I didn't like, like Online too much. Best thing about I have online, a problem with MMOs. I never, I never got into the story of it. I just stayed in that first town and like stole everything from the manor and then fucking like took it to the secret thieves guild and sold it for or broke it down. In, in which game? In the online. Okay, yeah, I, online. I didn't. I didn't care. I'm. I like. I like the the single players. Yeah. The story's great. I think their quest lines are not repetitive. They have varying quest lines well, that do different things. They got puzzles. They got massive attacks. They got stealth ones. See, that's you know, kind of how I, I feel about WoW though. Like I, and you don't like WoW, and you feel like it's repetitive. But I feel like WoW had the same kind of puzzle solving at the beginning. Like towards the end, now it's basically when I when I tried WoW, every single quest was kill or collect seven of these or ten of those. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucking, I'm really tired of. I I just don't like MMOs. I think there was at one point in time I played EverQuest two, and then but. You know, when those games were out, like EverQuest, I think Dark Age of Camelot was another one, Ultima Online. Why play that when I can go play Diablo 2, which has a great storyline and it's really fun. I'm still waiting for that movie. Wait for my friends. I don't know that you're ever going to get that movie. Man, but see, I like playing that. I think that's the thing that draws me to MMOs is I like playing with people. Like, I like playing with my friends, like the group aspect of it. The only group aspect in games that I like is D&D. Yeah, that's, I I, I really like single player video games. I don't see, I don't like except shooters. No, know, shooters are terrible. I, I love. Hate I love because shooters. here's the thing: is like there's there's so many different there's there's not a sliding scale of talent well, in the shooter. It's like you this, invest all this time and you're good. You well, there's no casual play. I should say like that's I, how I feel about me, MMOs. You you miss a raid and you miss the the loot that everybody gets, and then it's I don't well, see. I don't know. SOL. I mean, as if for I, a shooter, if, as the game is the longer the game's out, the less I get interested in it because the longer the games out you get all these people to spend 12 hours a day playing and then they start memorizing everything and but at the beginning like the first year six months first six months of, of a first shooter game two weeks I mean, it, everybody's on. still like really trying to play and i don't know every game every session or or, or uh you know match is slightly different and i like it i enjoy it yeah there there is one but game. i do get bored of them pretty quick there's one mmo well it's not an mmo it's, it's a multiplayer game that i think looks really cool and i would I think it'd be something that we could play together, which would be fun. But they they did play it on um oh, what was it the Critical Roles Travis's Yeehaw Game Ranch or whatever. And it was the the premise of it was it was like a four player game, and one person is the adventurer, and the other four, three are the monsters. And whoever kills the player first becomes the player. Oh, they made like four games. Like there's Did the they? Predators Hunting Ground. There's like Evolve was kind of like that. Okay. This um, was like there's Friday, Friday the 13th, the game where one person is Jason and everybody else is yeah. the, camp, the campers. But I, I don't, you know what? As in my, I used to be a hardcore gamer. Like I used to yeah, game all same. the time. Like D&D fucked that up. All this stuff. I think just being exposed to D&D and 
the integral ass, all the aspects that come with this hobby. The integral ass. The integral ass <laughs> that comes with this hobby, like, have just turned me off to video games. Like, I feel like that if I can't play in a sandbox, I don't want to play. If I can't pick my direction or choose as a party, choose my direction and nobody tell me no, you know, like the yeah. code, there's always that, like, I feel like you're the sim that's constantly walking into a wall on a video game where, like, <laughs> I want to go left. Yeah. I want to go left. Even though you showed me a T in front of me, you're telling me that I can only go right. Right. Like, I don't like that anymore. Well, and that's how I look at the MMOs is like, well, I don't want to do that quest. I kind of want to see what happens if that quest goes uncompleted. Well, guess what's going to happen is everybody else is going to complete that quest and it's going to change the world anyway. And that's kind of why I don't play those games anymore either. Like, it's just, it's the computer program. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with games. I just, my gamer sense Mm -hmm. has evolved to the fact where I don't want a code to tell me my limitations. I want my own imagination or the will of my party to tell me my limitations. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, D&D definitely fucks it up for video games well i think it does but i also i think the other thing that's really been and i think we've talked about this before maybe either just as a group or on the podcast is like this whole push for hyper realism it's like i just got done living a hyper real life the last thing i want to do is trudge through the Mm. snow and have to struggle and do all this stuff i just want to sit down and play a fun game and i think that's where nintendo is knocking it out of the park still and that's why they're still relevant is because they don't try to do the hyper realism thing they're like no this is fun that's why we're selling it to you to that point directly I, all right so i'm gonna go get off video games with this but it's gonna stay on that hyper realism point yeah i watched uh death becomes her the other day it's a great movie great fucking movie right <laughs> classic dating but yourself as a, now as uh, I, whatever as i'm watching this movie you know it's not hyper realistic in any no, sense she walks around with a freaking hole in her no no i'm not even talking about <laughs> she the, the magical part <laughs> i'm not even talking about i'm talking about i'm even the acting part the acting was theatrical oh yeah oh and you could definitely make like death becomes her into like a broadway play or yeah but it, it reminds me oh, yeah but but i think one of, thing like, the rocky horror picture film rocky horror picture show absolutely but one thing i think you know all the movies coming out today are everybody focuses on super realistic movies and like you know the detail and the grittiness like we're we're missing such a great gem and treasure in art and, and movies and entertaining we don't see theatrical movies like that anymore well, the same thing goes with like disney God. animated movies like everybody wants to see the real life spin-off i just want a classic yeah just not, not a classic but i want an old school animation disney movie again you know what i mean give me that yeah, no no computers that, yeah no somebody CGI, draw that shit out somebody please draw it out give me the frame by frame yeah you know what i mean like i just want that like that old school jungle book feel again yeah, I think even over the top uh, score and interesting characters. You know, speaking of Jungle yeah. Book, though, go back and watch. Um, go go back and watch uh, the Robin Hood Disney movie. That That's, movie could so not good. be made today. None of them can, man. <laughs> it is, is so. None of them can. On PC, <laughs> none of them can. <laughs> But, yeah, you can't. But, you can't make any of those movies nowadays. But no. I get. I get your point. Like I, I, I just miss the theatrics, you know. And I loved it. Like I think. I think that theatrical acting is more talented than the realistic acting. Yeah, I, I just think you got to get into a the I, realistic. We all live. We all live in. Our, like you said, we live in our real world. We're here in the real world. Yeah. When I watch a, a movie, sometimes I don't want to fucking be in the real world. Well, I want to be in some make believe. Just tell me a goof, you know, fun yeah. story, See, and this, I entertain. This is why I have a problem with like the big like comic book yeah. books trying to make their real life heroes. Like DC, you're really good at animated movies. Tell your story in an animated version and it will sell just as much 
Oh, yeah. If not more, because you can pump them out faster than hiring all these big name actors. Like, just give me a theatrical style cartoon animated mm-hmm. movie to watch with an R-rated yeah. and, and, and some real life stuff. Like, not real life stuff, but, like, some adult content. Yeah. And you're going to fucking pull me in just as much as Avengers would. But see, yeah. here, here's the other thing, though, that you just brought up that is really irritating for me lately is... So, I there there was somebody a long time ago that said, if you're a, a good songwriter, you don't need to cuss, right? And I actually... <laughs> Will Smith? <laughs> yeah. Did I, you say gonna, that? We're going to cancel culture that? <laughs> yeah, well, no, no. I just, like, I don't have a problem with cussing or whatnot, but, like, like use your imagination. Yeah. Let's come up with some cool yeah. stuff. but. Um, the same thing goes with the HBO culture lately is like everything has to be hypersexualized. And oh it's my like, God, it gets not, annoying. That's not adult content. Like, give me situations that adult has to deal with, and the crap that you are trying to sell me as adult content, I'm burned out on. Ninety percent yeah. of that doesn't happen in real life anyway. I know. Well, it, it you know what bothers me about it's the, a the, sick, the sycophantic the, fantasy. the mass amount of just nudity they put on the HBO shows is like they'll give you uh, a minute, two minutes of story, yeah. and then here's seven minutes of a sex scene that literally does not develop the story in any way. It's pornography. Yeah, I'm like, why? Why the fuck? It, you're you're, you you're wasting that, space here. You do realize that two of the top grossing shows of HBO of all times are like Spartacus and fucking Game of Thrones. Yes. I don't. Which, Game of Thrones didn't do it over the top though. I don't oh, think. Oh. I mean, not, no, there's, oh, there's no, there's some on Dude. HBO that it's like they, they just they go way the, too yeah. fucking those, far. Those two shows right there showed that you can get away with some of this stuff. So now they're pushing yeah. boundaries. There's yeah. actually I can't remember. Well, I think, I think what's when, the first time you heard the word bitch on fucking tv and you're like oh, 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 <laughs> do you remember oh, oh. and now they're saying pretty sure that was Eddie Murphy's oh my god okay yeah. or so Richard do you Pryor, remember but... you know late 90s early 2000s yeah. you know I, I my parents said this i bet your parents oh someday there's you know they're just gonna start cussing all over the tv and showing showing nudity all over the tv well we're fucking there now yep yeah uh, you go past 11 o'clock at night there's no more rules you don't on even tv you have to go past 11 o'clock at night you stream it whatever you want man <laughs> or, or... No, I, i'm talking just cable though even like, like it's just prime it's time gone. at nine o'clock or eight o'clock whenever that happens but that that's i think that's the beauty of D D. you know getting back kind of on our topic yeah, is, is like everybody's nude well <laughs> no <laughs> it's like the focus is literally storytelling and it's not like shock jock and views it's literally like coming down and actually writing or, or having a good story and i think that's something we've lost because a lot of these um writers nowadays they're looking for the quick cheap fast thing and they're not putting the work in to give us these yeah. epic crazy no, but here's awesome the thing, stories though, is because you only make money on your retweets you only I, yeah, make money I know. on your social media so the writers are saying what can i i think that's what Family's guy is such a good cartoon is because they took the shorts and then wrote a story around the shorts. Yeah. So they came up with the shorts first or the little skits and then they wrote the episode around the skits. Yeah. Yeah. So their shock moments strategically paced out this place throughout this episode were the real content. And then everything else is filler. These people are going about it the wrong way. They don't have those shock moments. They're trying to write a story and then they're like, okay, now we need a shock moment for this episode. What's going to get everybody talking about on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? It's all about the retweets, man. How how much can you say, how often can you stay relevant in the social media aspect of everything? That's my point is good storytelling doesn't need to stay relevant. It just is. No, it does need to stay relevant. No, because because the Odyssey is still something that people read. Nobody's tweeting about it on Tuesday, 
bro. Nobody uh, cares see, about. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you, Andy. Like, I, I, a, a good story. Everybody a, still knows who Charles Dickens in, is. Yeah, but many people don't know who Aaron Sorkin is. A lot of, I think, a lot of the the shit you're talking about with the retweeting, you know, trying to. That's I got to make the money now, and that won't stand the test of time. I don't think it's sustainable. But a, okay, Where but the stuff a, you're talking thing, about though. should and probably will stand if the test of time. If you're a producer in Hollywood or a producer, period, or you have something that you want to sell, you know what I mean? You're not worried about the test of time. You're worried about filling your pockets now. I know. And that I'm well, saying that's but, the and, problem. And that's that's where you take your... At that point, it's no longer an art. It's a job. Yeah. I, I don't would. think... <laughs> I don't. You all mm, okay? But then you can cl- then you can't classify D and D as an art form either because they're pumping out books left and right. So no longer is D and D or publishing those books an uh, art form. I think that's a that's a stretch in an, of an analogy. Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think it's if, a stretch if you think about it. Like they're pumping out two and three. That's like pumping out a trilogy of movies. Mm. Now you know what? Yeah, but the diff- Twilighting Five V. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that next month. Or yeah, May. and and there might be and that might be the topic uh, at some point in time. But I think that maybe I don't think the books are D and D. I think the play group is D and D, and the players and the DM is D and D. I don't think the books are. They're I think just those are they just, just make props. content. Yeah. They make the things, the players I would, make the I stories. Re- I agree with you guys, but I re- rephrase it. They don't just, they don't make content. I believe the players in the playgroup make the content. The books give you the guidelines. Uh, okay. Content guidelines. Uh, that's what I was, they, they give you the, the tools to, for the players to create a story. Yeah. To create the content. You know what? All this talk about, um, make me Thursday pop culture and, and what's wrong with our world. And yeah, I need a beer. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm anxious now. Oh. I know. Whew, what's on tap tonight? Have a pint, take a break, and relax. It's my favorite part of the show. So tell me, boys, what's on tap? Okay, tonight on tap, or today on tap, we've got a mysterious familiar... It is a coconut vanilla dessert stout by my personal favorite brewery. So I would really love it if Silver City Brewery would sponsor us at some point because you guys make great beer. Where are they at? They're out of, it's like Bremerton area. Um, I've, I've had a- Move to Bremerton. <laughs> oh, did you get this one specifically because I don't like chocolate? It's not chocolate. I know. This oh, okay. one says coconut vanilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Here's looking at you, kid. Yeah, it's it's a it's a special one that they have. Um, well, fuck, I'm cracking this shit. Yeah, go ahead and pop it, pop lock and drop drop it. Um, this beer is really really good. Um, when I drank the first one, um, doing my research, as everybody knows, uh, I think it was maybe just my mood. I wasn't in the mood for a super dark beer. I mean, this thing is nine percent. Um, Whoa! But uh, oh, cheers. Clink. Um, yeah, I, I I got kind of tired at the end, but I think it's just because it's so heavy. Ooh, that's nice. I yeah. like that one. That reminds yeah. me of the Coco Jones. Though. Ooh, it, I like that's what I was thinking when I got it. Was like huh. just no chocolate. Yeah, it's probably why I like it. Well, because the Coco Jones is uh, coconut porter, but they use a chocolate uh, malt, and I don't know if they used a chocolate malt in this. I would imagine they did because of the color. But um, yeah, that's Tate. That is. That's a tasty one. Yeah, I this you can get this right now. I everywhere I've gone, I've seen 
tons of it, so it's readily available, unlike a lot of the other ones. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's it's a it's a one beer. <laughs> I don't know that, that I could drink a, a four pack of this stuff. Yeah, the darker you get, the thicker you get, the the more that it's only like a one beer thing. Yeah, but I think that's why they can call it a dessert stout, though. Like, so instead of getting your piece of uh, three cake or- three three tier chocolate cake, you get yourself a dessert porter or stout. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like how my very first sip of it before I even drank it, like I I smelled the coconut. Yeah, it was, it was it's a very coconut forward. Yeah, it's got it's got a lot of rich aroma that it's, yeah, like if they could do this in coffee form. Oh wow! Yeah. Wow. Ooh, that or, would be yeah, good. Or if you could, make, this might be good with a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. It, well, it, I was, this would definitely be good with a, a scoop of vanilla ice cream. What do you What uh-huh. do you use for creamer in your coffee? V- uh, coconut vanilla stout, <laughs> yeah. mysterious familiar. Well, what what uh, you just said something that was interesting because I was thinking about this of like, so we talked about the king size a while ago. I want to get a king size uh, candy stout and black and tan it no a snickers uh, uh ice cream snickers bar and eat those together because i don't know have you had the ice cream snickers bars they are so yeah. freaking good yeah they're way better than a regular snickers yeah. but th- that together oh that's the same thing though man i know but it's, you know what you should do know. is you should take a can of king size stout and put it in the freezer like you did last uh, two weeks ago's episode slush it and slush it and then you got your fucking candy bar fucking popsicle <laughs> Yeah. All right. All right. This, this uh, might be this might be way too way too off. But a black and tan, but with the 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 candy your candy bar stout you like, and the orange cream sickle. Yeah, I already Choc- said I already said that. You did? Yeah. Fuck. Don't when we remember. We did the dream sickle. I think. Don't remember. But here's another thing. So I was orange thinking. and chocolate go together for some fucking yeah, reason. Well, remember we did that whole conversation with the orange. Isn't there a chocolate orange already? Oh fuck yeah! I remember yeah, yeah. that. Lord, man. But Dude, here's a, uh, what, are we, what sour, were we talking about before? <laughs> the sour with the candy bar style might be good as a black and tan. Yeah, yeah, I, okay, I that might be pretty good. I mean, uh, uh, see, I'm, I'm all I'm doing is picturing uh, sour patch kids and a chocolate bar mixed together. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> you only live once. <laughs> Fuck it, and you become dead. I from like diabetes. this. Though. I like this. This is good. Yeah, yeah this I is, like this one. This is a decent. Um, I. Like I said, it. I'm kind of biased because yeah, Silver Andy's City your favorite is like brewery. my Andy, favorite yeah. brewery. But um, every time we go to the store, I'm like, hey, what do you want to drink? Silver City Red. Silver City Red. Ridge Top Red, City man. Red. It's like one of the best. Um, definitely a daily drinker. But uh, this one, I what I notice is about two thirds into it, I was kind of like, okay. Yeah, this is not something you can down a six pack. Oh, this is, this, this is, is, yeah, this is a you have a drink this. during dinner or something, and I think it's after dinner. This is or after dinner, dinner. Ooh, nine percent. And this is thickness. A, this isn't while a ch- eating a steak. Oh man, it's too much. This isn't a chugger either. This is a no. This is a not at a all. Nurse this one over an yeah, hour. But I feel so. like I feel like I would get tired of this too, just because by the end of it, like it would be warm, and I feel like this is one of those things that is best cold. Oh, it's it's good warm. I, I You're like fucking weirdo. I know, <laughs> right? But like, okay, I I. Personally, the darker the beer, I generally like that on the warmer side. Um, and then also when it comes to like German style beers, I like those to be more of a room temperature as well, just because there's so many different flavors and, and nuances with that that you can't taste at the colder level. I will I will admit that the, the warmer the beer is, the more flavor that you get. Like if, yeah. if, if, if I feel like with that sour that we had last week, 
um, it kind of nulled yeah. the sourness of it because the other sour that I've tried was 20 times more sour than that yeah. sour. And I oh, was yeah. like, dude, this, I feel like the, the, the slushiness or the coldness of it killed the sour. It did. It did pull that back a lot, I think. But that's yeah. probably why Coors Light says drink our beer at 33 degrees. Well, that well, <laughs> sweet ass says keep cold. They do say that like, the well, I think it's just the style of beer. Good, you know? good. Well, I don't, I mean, Sure, they say that the better when the beer, beer pong, the warmer you can drink it. The what? The better the beer, the warmer you can drink it. Because there's a lot, you you do numb your taste buds a lot with cold things, right? Yeah. You hear that, kids? So when you want to eat your broccoli, <laughs> keep it cold. Yes. <laughs> um, but, I, I, I mean, this one I do think is good cold. I do think it's good warm. The And the only reason that I would give it like a three or a three and a half is just because it is an exhausting beer. It is a yeah, track. You, this yeah. is not something you drink multiples of. This is definitely no. a dessert. It's a niche. It yeah. has its own carbon. Like this is this. If you bought a six pack of this, it'd probably last you a while. Oh yeah. Yeah. This, this is six, not even something, six days. Yeah. This is not, well, not even that, man. I don't know if I could drink this multiple days in a yeah, row. No, I think my I taste buds would be like, well, I sat down and sit in the, sit in the freezer or a fridge for a while. I told you, don't keep it in the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I drank this while I was trying to paint minis and I say while I was trying because halfway through it, I was like, Ooh, that's uh, a pretty good, <laughs> you know, oh. I, I couldn't get it. So I, I, this is not like a sit. I mean, it is a sit down and chill out, but it's like a, I think it's a sit down. Chill you, almost, out. you almost need to smoke a cigar with this. That could be nice. Yeah. Mm. Or a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> get some pipe. good vanilla. A hookah. Get your hookah. I don't, I've I've only ever done that once, and it was terrible because somebody put grape in it or something like that. Do we use the like, hookah? All oh the time my about. god! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting here talking about. It, I'm like, man, where's your hookah? At? <laughs> at one point, I had like seven of them. I yeah, I I I think I went to like a hookah bar back when you were allowed to Yuck. go places. But no, you gotta, get, you gotta you gotta get, get you gotta get the good shit. Yeah, Grandmaster Ben. Took up the hookah with the fruity pebbles. Oh, Ugh. I don't know if I can do fruit things like that. That's so good, dude. It's dude. just it's it's flavored smoke. Well, well I'm not, and then come on, it's like, delicious. And then you chill the water. Oh, and you get that. oh man, little icy. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah, we yeah, need yeah. to put that up next time we record. I can do that, dude. I'd so be down. <laughs> I'd so be I down. I thought about putting it up at the D and D table. Yeah. <laughs> Just just have one underneath the table and every really station has fucking hoses. <laughs> What's in this man? <laughs> God damn, I want to use a hookah right now. Okay, ignorant me though, like is that I mean it's just a tobacco, right? Yeah, it's just tobacco. It's yeah. Shisha? Yeah, okay. And it's not even the the, the same level of tobacco as like a cigarette. No. You don't you don't get a no. nicotine like some you know if you're uh, new to smoking a cigarette people get a nicotine buzz that doesn't come from hookah but, yeah. but it's not something that it's almost like a it's like a cigar where you don't you 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 don't inhale yeah yeah, yeah. you you hold yeah as a smoker enjoy, I inhale because yeah, I do taste. smoke already but but as a cigar like if you ever smoke cigars or whatever that's kind of like what you do with hookah yeah. you don't it's yeah. all about the purely flavor that's yeah. what and, it's and about it's all about the the breathing it's all about the the meditation while breathing the inhale exhale yeah but you're yeah. not you're not really like you're not doing it's it for the bad for you though <laughs> you're not you're still not, bad for you're you. not doing it for the the chemical makeup what, what is in yeah, there yeah, you yeah. don't fucking care about that yeah. i mean you do care because you are inhaling so you want that like, clean 
Yeah. Not well, fucking chemical yeah. shit, but. You definitely want to clean your bowls, too. <laughs> For sure. I learned that the hard way. Oh, good Lord. Oh, and and getting uh, right to, uh, what are they called? The little pucks. Um, charcoals. The charcoals. Yeah. There are some bad ones that you can, you can taste yeah. through yeah. the hookah if you get low quality well, shit. I think like I, what that is is trying to smoke the hookah too fast. <laughs> right? Well, no, no, no. Like, no, like that, if the charcoal's not that. lit all the way, yeah, yeah. If the charcoal's Doing not too lit early. all the way, and you're trying to like, dude, because there's been some times when we didn't let the charcoal burn, and we tried to burn it through through smoking it during a learning <sighs> process. Yeah, that's all, yeah. all of that kind of goes to with smoking a pipe or smoking a cigar too. If you if you smoke that stuff too fast, it, you get that burnt taste, and like you can ruin really expensive nice pipes by smoking the wrong stuff in it or you buy fuck it. up a cigarette by smoking it too fast <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying is us as a society are rather impatient and want things Give it to me now, now damn it and that's why we have jewels <laughs> <laughs> all, all right. right well don't say all right when i'm saying all right <laughs> <laughs> i sense that you were saying all right you fucking divination I mean, wizard look at, look at how thick that is on the side that of is. the glass i mean it's like there is one. That's a, you know what that re- looks like, honestly? Contrast paint? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's exactly where I was going. You know, well, there there is one. Um, there There is a beer that I do want to share with you guys eventually. It's another What happened stout. to that peanut butter stout? That I, didn't, I didn't bring it because I wanted to he, give him a couple. couple too much research. John. No, no, no. I wanted to give him a couple time. Away from chocolate? Break. I think yeah. we need to do an IPA next week, though. I, I would agree. Have we, have we done like a. Well, we're not doing it. No, I'm like a like a, a Belgian. Uh, I think it's a one for me. No, but I do I do have or a, a red. We haven't done a red. I we have could do a, the rich top red. <laughs> we could do the I'm rich down, top red. Four. I mean, there's a couple reds I like. I'm not. I'm not so thinking some about this. Some reds got a really weird aftertaste that I don't like. I, but some reds are like I'm. Fuck yeah, that's that's delicious. I'm fuck yeah. I'm <laughs> fuck yeah. I'm down. I'm fuck yeah. No, I I the. Uh, we haven't done any Belgians yet, but it, there's so many different types of them. So I'd have to like know a, like what, what uh, you guys what want. They, what they call a Belgian white? Well, there's there's yeah, blue moon. Their blue moon is 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 well, a they half. Got, they got, basically they a got, half. Yeah. Well, they got uh, non mass produced. They they do. Um, what, Belgian what, whites. But what I was saying about this being so thick is I'm thinking a, for the um the f- the series finale or this the seasonal finale we need a cocktail. Whoa, okay. all right, a cocktail for why did out Sean Connery just come out? We're gonna do a cocktail out of uh, the <laughs> out of the the brewmaster's guide. Okay. Oh we're, we're shit! Do one of the, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Was there was there any drinks in the uh, the Heroes Feast book? I yeah, don't, there, there yeah, is. There's a whole section, the back. but I have a whole book. Yeah, I've, I've seen the Brewmaster's yeah. uh, book before. Real quick. Just, oh, I, just gotta, I gotta I tell like you that. this. There's this There's this beer by Oscar Blues out of Denver, and it's called Tenfitty. Okay? <laughs> How yeah. do you spell that? <laughs> F-I-D-Y. Fuck industry, do it yourself, is what they say Fitty stands for. Tenfitty. So, anyway, they- Come on, that's that just stuff, street lingo for 50. Okay, it is, but <laughs> but that stuff will take this glass, and it is like motor oil, and it's like a ten and a half percent. That is like like it will eat the shit. It's out not, of it's it. not oh, ten no. and a half percent. Oh, okay, it's ten so W thirty. Here's yeah. the thing: it's basically, but like when I say motor oil, I'm not talking like brand new out of the bottle. I mean like it's been in the car for a while, dude. So, <laughs> yeah. so it's I'm, not the goldeny brown that's a good oil. Yeah. So add off the subject real quick, but still drinks. We all indulge. I don't know if you do, Andy, but I indulge, and John, I know you do indulge in energy drinks. 
Yeah, I did mm. not. Yep. So I was at coffee. Work. I was at work the other day. That's an energy drink. And the gentleman driving around on his electronic pallet jack dumped a whole case of Monster Energy Drink on the ground. <laughs> no, like it, it is bad. I don't like that energy drink either. But that thing sat like the the the, the liquid sat on the ground for maybe about three minutes. And when they wiped it up, it stripped the clear coat off the <laughs> fucking floor. Oh, and you're putting that yeah. in your body. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I oh was yeah, physically disgusted. But you know what I drank today? <laughs> well, you, you know. All right, all right. Hold on, though. Just, just for for uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of Monster, but it used to be. But then I found better stuff. Uh, for stripping clear coat, you're gonna probably want an acidic something. And when you mix water and carbon dioxide together, you create an acidic solution. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, Forget- Bill and I. Yeah. Forget all the forget all the uh, chem, uh you know flavors and yeah, yeah, energy yeah. chemicals and Coca Cola, yeah. But I mean, if you if you let uh, club soda sit on a concrete floor with an enamel you know typed coating, maybe not enamel. I don't know what it is, but it would probably do the same thing. It's just pure club soda. Well, so I think it was just mentally like the vision of it was yeah. just mentally disturbing because yeah. like you now like- now think about that every time you drink a sparkling water, same thing. Yeah, I, in theory, the the one that the one that gets is me, that what they call that sparkling? Aha! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, you take that you take that same concept, and yeah. I'm I'm gonna go deep here because this is my my realm. I love this type of shit. But they say the 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 oceans are getting acidic. Yeah, and that's that's because of CO two. That's also what you, you use CO two to create sparkling or or club soda. Yeah, uh, and well, and that's. It's the acidity okay, wait a of, minute, of the liquid, because I the under, solution. I thought, and maybe we're getting way off topic here, but I thought carbon monoxide was bad. Carbon dioxide is something that just happens. For breathing, yes. Okay. But in a solution, gotcha. a solution is, is, yeah. is you know, a couple various molecules mixed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer wa- to the problem. Water, it water is. H2O, and CO2. Yeah. Mix them together, you get club soda. Uh, there's probably some other shit in there, but yeah, yeah, generally, yeah. you know, that's what it is. You Spouse got water, water, and CO two, and you mix them together, and you get the bubbly stuff. But that creates an acid. Okay. That means that water is now not neutral pH. It is a uh, an acidic pH. I have a feeling that so it, generally the same thing would happen if you like cut an orange in half and you stuck it on a concrete floor. The fuck yeah, of the, of the, of the orange. Oh my, suck dude, there, there's many times have a, at work that I used to have a citrus well, cleaner, Coca Cola to clean stains off of new concrete. Well, isn't it? Did you guys ever put the piece of bologna on the person? Yep, done in, that. In duct tape will do it too. Yeah, well, the, the person's <laughs> car that you hate. Yep. No, just leave it there. Put all it in the sun. Night. Oh, no, man, is it yeah. bad? Uh, well, you peel the duct tape off. It has to be, uh, you can leave it there all night, but it really works better if you in do it sun. all day yeah. in the sun. Okay. Well, that does a whole nother you thing. You put it there at night so they don't see you. Yeah. But in the sun, <laughs> duct tape will do the same thing, um, but it will, it fucks up the paint. Gotcha. Destroys the clear coat, lightens the paint underneath it. Um, I mean, here's the but, I mean, talk about baloney wagon. But, <laughs> but talk about, talk about the fucking, the citric stuff uh, at work. You know, I, I deal with industrial level chemicals, and we had a uh, citrus uh, cleaner that we used to clean stuff. And one of the guys was like, "Oh, I'm going to use this stuff to to clean uh, the bearings on these cartwheels, you know, and, and get them, you know, get all the 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 
grease and grime out of there, and then he was going to re-grease them. Uh, yeah. say, just take all the grease. No, no, he was going to re-grease them. <laughs> they don't but fucking he, go But anymore. he was like, oh, this will get all the nasty shit out, and then I can re-grease them from there. So he cleans them all and goes through like 30 of them, cleans them all, and then lets them set out to dry. Well, when he comes back, the plastic seals are completely gone. They're fucking melted yeah. and gone, and the bearings are falling well, out. So back, <laughs> back in the early 90s, or mid- yeah, early to mid '90s, there was this big craze of like these uh, air fresheners that were citric. They were orange, right? And my mom was a hairdresser, and so she'd hairspray all the time, right? And my little brother was, you know, I would say two, three. Um, my mom knew the poison control hotlines number by heart because of this this young God. man. <laughs> um, wow! But, but he took. He took this stuff and used it as hairspray, and it gave him like second degree <laughs> chemical burns oh, all man. over his head. And I mean, yeah, yeah you I, go citrus acid, man. It was that's it was nasty shit. Like doozy. The, the more concentrated and pure it is, I mean, we're so far off beer reviews isn't here. That but much whatever. Water, though, isn't that isn't that what the C stands for? Uh, it's like no, it's no, calcium, no. lime, and rust. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, calcium, lime, and rust. I think that's more uh, base or alkalinic. Uh, uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I can't remember exactly. I'm not a fucking chemist. Are you yeah. sure? Do you play one on a podcast? <laughs> yeah, because well, you kind I, of are. I played one in college when <laughs> I was know, taking these courses. All the comments on this one are going to be like, John's wrong. He doesn't know what oh, he's yeah. talking about. Gonna, <laughs> light me up. Light me the fuck up. Because I really don't. comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just give us We're some I really don't know. I'm... We're trolling this for, is like general, bad at this point. This is general information I'm speaking of that yeah. I'm probably All right, but let's, let's, really wrong. Let's focus fire back to the, the Silver City Brewery. After uh, all our alchemical top. What are we giving it? I'm going to give it a 3.5. I'm going to give it a 3 just because it's given, uh, it's an, it's got an, a niche. Like it, yeah. it's got yeah. a spot. Yeah. It, this is not I'm gonna, like something that I'll, every time I see it in a fridge, I'm going to pick it up at a store. I'm going to give it. As much as I actually like this beer, I'm going to give it a 2.5. Okay. Because I think that niche that you're talking about is uh, pre- pretty prevalent. But I will say, like, this is something that's It's really fucking out. good, though. This is I really good. It's really and, yeah, fucking this is good. A fantastic. But I, I think, my, like, my overall overall um, score reflects the fact that it's it's not a repetitive only, drinker. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a one and done. And I don't mean that like you're, you're lit afterwards, no, but, but I mean like, like... Yeah, you're full. But this is something like I can see at holidays. Like you'd bust oh, yeah. out oh, yeah. a oh, six pack yeah. for you and your friends after you, or the family after you done did this your holiday thing. This is not something we're drinking in the middle of summer. No, no. When it's hot out, you don't want You're talking about the sun coming out? That might be affecting our rating. It, I'm going to give it a 2.5, not in a knock on the beer, just I can only handle the one. Yeah, and I just finished <laughs> one, and I'm sweating. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sweating too. So I, I'd probably give myself a, a three, actually. Yeah, so uh, I, I, think I think average three. If, average I, if, three, I, if yeah. I take away my absolute fanboyness of Silver City yeah. Brewery. <laughs> take that fucking shirt off. <laughs> I know, gotta be staring oh. us in the face. No, well, okay. Something that we need to do is when COVID lifts again is every year you just demonetize the podcast. Way to go! Why you said the c word? <laughs> Can't speak about COVID. Okay, once the thing that shall <laughs> not be vol- named that everybody knows about. It's the Voldemort of fucking um, the diseases that shall not be named. There's the Washington State Brewers Guild does a cask festival every year, and they brew like all the Washington State brewers they bring all this beer in these casks and i mean 
uh, Black Ravens there so you can get, you know, Coco Joe brewed in a cask. I mean, all these like really cool. Dude, beers. you should get your fucking beer brewed in a cask and ha- just get the cask. Who's? Who? Yeah, you. What? Uh, what? I don't know. It'd be fucking cool. Why does it well, only got to be me? Yeah. You're one third well, of I don't fucking, Dyson Brews. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm talking about you personally. You drink just as much beer as I do. <laughs> I don't want the beer, though. I just want to see you walk in here and be like, this motherfucker got a cask of beer. That's amazing. <laughs> we can do that, dude. Now, I, sho- I shock in all you guys in so many other ways. I don't need a cask of beer. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, you do. I mean, Gothar wouldn't mind having one in, in the, the well, area. Ben Gothar's secretly get a is job. Gothar. <laughs> I'll, I'll help Gothar get this going. Gothar's got to get a job. Speaking of Gothar, Gothar, what are we going to give this uh, Silver City Brewery Mysterious Familiar? I do like that name, though. I know. I know. Okay. All right, hold on. Before, before you hit that button. I'm not hitting a button today. I told you. What What familiar is this? Let's go off your your your, your more common ones. Cat, owl. Oh, you don't want to go pseudo dragon. dragon. <laughs> you know, oh no, we'll, we'll bring in the warlock. Yeah. We'll bring in the warlock ones, but like pseudo dragon. I'm gonna uh, go imp. with. Um, it's got to be a fat cat, right? Yeah, it's got to be a black cat, black fat cat. This is a cat that you get like you think is like really cool, and then after spending 15 minutes with it, you're like, I need a break, and it doesn't go away, and it doesn't go away. <laughs> See, I don't know. I I got owl, owl. Yeah, owl. No, they're, this does not make me feel light. Okay, I don't. Wait, I want to hear that. The only why? reason I because you know you, you they're in D and D they're considered a tiny creature and physically they look fucking fat. Yeah, but they're not. They're really not. No, yeah, but this one the, un- looks fat and is fat. Yeah, well, <laughs> and I, I, fat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean this would have to be a fat cat for you, yeah. but but I don't know. I don't know. I just get I get I get owl. I get I get <laughs> fucking I get uh uh uh. Will Ferrell, rich mahogany and leather-bound books. I get you know, that's not. Oh, I yeah, get that yeah. from this, and maybe because I have a three-year-old and we watch Cinderella all the time. But I get the fat cat Lucifer. Oh the, yeah, the lounging entitled fat fucking cat. I just want to say, like with the white belly, Silver City. You're further proving why I think you're like the best brewery around, just because this, this is, is Andy. <laughs> <laughs> this this is just like I mean. You guys are putting out a quality product. Um, it's good. It's it, it's, it's actually really good. good for a beer. I probably wouldn't have bought for for label face. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, nope. mysterious familiar. Are you fucking kidding me? No, I'm talking about that? the actual beer, the beer aspects of it. You know, when it says you know coconut vanilla style, I, I probably wouldn't have bought. I would have tried it. It's got popping colors. Yeah, it's nice. And purple. You love it's the basic sil- I do silver love city stuff. No, ben it looks loves like the purple. It looks like a bard label, to be honest with you. Yeah. It kind of does. I, I yeah. This this Scanlan. This gives me a, a a Riddler vibe personally. Yeah. Well, it kind of gives me like the quest the quest giver oh, yeah. symbol. That, that, that like, it looks like the explanation point and the question mark mixed together. Yeah. Like it's the it beginning does. and <laughs> the end of the quest line. Yeah. <laughs> it's a it's an excited question. I'm gonna give it a three. Well, maybe that's the mysterious familiar part of it. What? Like, what? What? <laughs> what game was that? Metal Gear Solid. Whenever the guy saw. Wait, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the actual. Was that before boxes? What? Was that no, before you could hide no, the boxes? That was the same. The same one. <laughs> that, yeah, that was that was that was the first I'm one. I'm gonna get the sound bite now. <laughs> every time somebody every says time something, somebody weird. said. <laughs> All right, yeah, Gothar. Tell us what a three three out of four for the Silver City mysterious familiar will be a nail in the hand is worth two in the keg all right guys on to today's subject which 
we're going to step out from behind the screen because I feel like all of our episodes up at this point have been kind of DM focused. With the exception of the first one, yeah. Yeah. Why everybody should play. And we're going to focus on you players. Yeah, you heard me. You players. Play it's, the game. It's Don't hate the players. Night. Hate the and game, it's right? time to fight. <laughs> Do you right. got your notes all right? <laughs> <laughs> Looking to populate your tabletop with outstanding fantasy miniatures? Then look no further. Sneak Attack Prince has a range that will satisfy all your fantasy tabletop needs. From heroes to monstrous foes, these highly detailed miniatures will leave your players in awe when you put them on the table during your next game. So grab yours today and level up your tabletop www.etsy.com slash shop slash SNK attack prints and tell them of Dyson Brew sent you. John got messed up on that. Uh, I have not eaten. Yeah. Man. Oh, so that that uh, 9% went straight oh. to the head. Yeah, you got to drink like that a, green tea to counteract that. Like a, like a fucking fresh cigarette smoker taking their first cigarette. Just a little, I can ooh. feel the grass grow. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I can feel my hair jiggling. <laughs> well, so we're going to roll uh, dash to figure all out. All right, uh, let's go. So today's topic, once yeah. again, is ooh, a player's side of things. What you should be doing at the table. What you should police yourself doing at the table. All those kind of things. What's going to make you a better player at your table? Which means you're going to have more fun. Exactly. What players should do to to benefit the game from their side. All right, I'm going to take first in this. Hopefully I can roll over a 10. I don't think I've rolled over a 10. You're going to get double digits? In this whole fucking thing. I, I, I think I rolled the best. Oh! oh! Oh my God! Natural 20! I got a 20. Well, get started, Ben. There's, there's no reason for us to even try. Yep. You can, hold on. Somebody else can roll natural 20. What's your plus? <laughs> okay. Is this a skill check? Okay, well, we'll try. I'll try. There's no way I'm getting a natural 20. And I feel like just having you go. Yeah, I got a seven. Here we That's go. Here John we go. numbers. Please be a natural one. Fuck. <laughs> 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 That's John's best roll ever. <laughs> yeah, that actually is. No, no. I, he I, got a 15. No, he got no a 15. I said I, I, I tend to roll better during the podcast than actually in D&D. Yeah, I know. He's won all of them except for one, I think. Yeah, this I think so. Sad. Yeah. This is my first initiative. I won that one. And I talk better, you know, bouncing off of somebody than starting a conversation. It's always better, <laughs> it's always better when we put John on the spot, though. It's like, <laughs> there's, Can there's you like, feel your hair wiggling now? <laughs> there's like this Let slow start to it. Yeah. When, when I start, I'm like, fuck. Okay, I got a concept. Let me, let me fucking figure out the words to this concept. Well, Ben, as the forever DM, what are... Let me th- consult my Mindly, because this is a fucking fantastic app. If anybody doesn't have this app... Oh, man. Or, or an app, like, <laughs> there's a few of them, but this fucking app, thanks to Andy... This is a life changer. ...is amazing, uh, uh, such a great visual mental tool. It's the visual side of it. The visual side. You don't side. get that visual side when you use And just how OneNote. things connect. Yeah. How yeah. things connect and how easy they are to organize. Yeah. You can link them to things. Mindly. Are, yeah. so good. It's really M-I-N-D-L-Y. Mindly. Yeah. All right. And I'm going to blow you guys away with my first point. Ooh. And we're just going to start this off. This is a natural go 20. Hard. I think my, 20, we just my mind's already hard. blown. It's right. your fucking, your big topic. And I'm going to say that us as players need to rethink how we roll skill checks. Okay. We Oh, you're going that you're going that fucking controversial We topic. need to instead of asking the DM that I want to roll a certain check, we needed to describe 
in detail what we want to do and have the DM iterate what skill check he wants us to make or you they want us to make. Use that description to cause the to make the DM say, oh, roll that inside check. And for exactly. anybody that has an issue with that, um, I would say that that's the way Matt th- Mercer does it. No, but I think that's the way the game is in, t- in yeah, how yeah. the game is played. Forget one Absolutely. specific DM. I think that's what it's designed so for. So I know, but I'm just for anybody that's like, hey, I want to roll. I want to roll an investigation check. Why? why? No. What are you Say, doing? I want to look for X, Y, and Z. Okay. Well, uh, is this more? Let the DM decide. Make is this more of a almost, perception, almost, investigation, or an insight issue? Almost in your description of what you're doing, you got to make the DM think like you. You got to force the DM to think like, oh, what the fuck role should I have him do? Well, and then and, like, then, and, and yeah. if you're like, you know, I want to, I want to shuffle through that bookshelf and, and pull some books out and and read some, uh, read some some spines. Is there anything I find interesting? Yeah. And then you're, you know, as, as you're describing this, that DM should be like, oh fuck, oh oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, roll me a roll me an investigation check. Yeah, I think us as players, we're we're looking at those skill trees way too intently, mm-hmm. and in our minds, we have our description of what we're doing, but we're not voicing that. Yeah. I yeah. think it would make yeah. very much more intricate, very much more, very much more, <laughs> very more. <laughs> <laughs> I put you up there. Yeah, very much more. It would increase the immersion. Okay. And the storytelling aspect of our games. Yeah. If we described how we were doing things as opposed to asking for tricks directly. I've I've fallen into that trap a million times doing I the exact I think we all thing. become yeah. complacent. But it's like it's like if you want a, a visual analogy, when you're in a video game and you go into a room and you want to search this room, you hit menu bar, X, pull up your skills, X, fucking hit X. your investigation or whatever. You know, you're clicking buttons and pfft, shit rolls out in front of you in D, that's not how it is and in dnd it shouldn't be how it is personally it i want to go it, poke around that barrel over there it looks, yeah looks weird yeah and it yeah, doesn't have yeah. to be that's your the description thing, it, it doesn't have to be like a full paragraph of like no my no. guy no, saunters over to the bookshelf <laughs> pulls out what you the just top said shelf, i want to poke around in that barrel through, yeah exactly yeah. It's, it's all it has to be. Us as players, everybody at the table, like, stop focusing on what checks you want to do. Tell the DM what you want to do. Yeah. In a little yeah. bit of description. And and I know, also I know this a- is players' night. I know this is players' night. But I do think that also does Don't come down. Don't you say it. Don't, Don't you say it. it. You're going to. You're Don't gonna, you uh, say it. Are you about to making, <laughs> <laughs> The DM making the description. The, the description. Because I. I. Recently, and on a personal note, in our last session of the game that I'm running for you guys, I fell into that trap, and I did not describe it, so I did not give you guys the opportunity to yeah. do what we're talking about in this session. And, and okay, DM out of it now, but I do think that at players should, if they want that, that level of, like you said, immersion, if the DM's doing that, and the DM's giving you enough to be immersed. You also need to immerse the DM. Well, here's the thing: is energy feeds energy. Positivity yeah. Yeah. feeds positivity. For sure. Negativity. Detail, yeah. detail feeds detail. Mm-hmm. If you and like like when we said in an episode or or a couple episodes ago, is like you only get what you get out of it, or you only get what you give into it. So if you're just like your fondest hobbies, like you want something, or just like that video game that we were talking about earlier, if you pump fifty hours into it, you're going to get fifty hours worth of entertainment. You hope. You hope. With this, <laughs> depends on what that, game. That, that, I was I was being just a little snarky in that, and just a little snarky. 
but in in D anD D especially because it's a collaborative storytelling game, yeah, and and the focus is on storytelling. Like if you put those storytelling phrases or details in there, then you're gonna get a more detailed description back, or you hope so. Mm-hmm. You well, should. It may, uh, when you say detailed, what goes to my mind is length. And what I think you're probably actually trying to say is accurate. No, yeah. and I'm not uh, going to say it. No, I, I think it's detailed because just like well, in accurate, my mind. Uh, yeah, I, I see mind, what you're saying. In my mind, you saying I want to go poke around that barrel over there. And I'll be like, okay, well, you saunter over to the barrel and you poke around it and you remove the top and it just kind of pops off. And you look in there and there's some rotted jerky or there's some rotted potatoes in there. Yeah. That's not necessarily lengthy, but it's yeah, no, very no. painting a picture. Yeah, that's yeah. what he's saying, though. It, he's he's saying it, or he, he thought he thought lengthy, length, lengthy, lengthy at first, but then he he realized accurate and accurate is is a is a good description. I I would say of that. It's in in your in your analogy. I think it's or or your example. I think it was a great. I poke around in that barrel. That was what fucking six seven. Well, here, well I don't here, even know how many words. I'm not counting it. But it was short, simple, but it conveyed the message perfect. But it also described an attitude. Yeah. Like if you think about it, oh, I want to poke okay, around yeah, that, I like that barrel over there. That's it's not like, necessarily being like I'm totally in, focused on that barrel, but yeah, I see that ooh. and it kind of it kind of excites yeah. me. Yeah. So I'm just gonna wander on over that barrel you know and what, pop the lid and see what happens. You yeah. know what? Kind of casual. Yeah. You know what totally. that gives the DM the opportunity to use passive or active. I, I don't and, think so at that I point mean, because uh, I'm just saying. I'm my, just saying like. Or now it's a mimic. Never mind. You know, you throw. I don't like you poking around. I want to poke around that barrel. You could. You can give the description of the barrel via their passive but if that's not good enough for them then they could say do i find anything oh give me an action oh you were looking for something oh no, why did well, you say no that? but here's the thing though is like if you tell me I, you want to poke around that barrel i'm not gonna say the word but i would ask for an investigation check because that's exactly what you're doing is you're investigating the barrel yeah i probably would too right. but if you want so, if like, you wanted to like, delve deeper so, you could but here's the thing so like andy let, let's just let's just play this out real quick um you tell me you want to poke around the barrel mm-hmm and then I say, okay, roll an investigation check. What'd you roll on the dice? That's <laughs> Ouch. three. So I would give you pretty much exactly what I said before. I it like, smells hey, like, like a you, rotten you potato. You pop this off. It's kind of, the top is kind of like a, a weathered and, and damp. Yeah. Kind of like crumbling in your hands almost. And you see some rotten potatoes with a little bit of liquid in the top. Now, let's say that you rolled a 17 on that. Then I'd give you a little bit more. And I'd be like, maybe there was something in that barrel. But the three dictates that you don't find something. But because yeah. you maybe, but, but here's on. the thing. So at the 17, then I'm like, okay, but you stare into the liquid a little bit further and you see something shiny down at the bottom. You reach your hand in and you grab out two gold coins. Yeah. So I, uh, Totally. Like the three means we do the stereotypical man look and we like scan the room and go, yeah, I can't find my shoes. The 17 is like, no, I got down on my hands and knees. I looked underneath the table. I don't think it means my that much either. My fucking kids and I'm under, underneath the couch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just <laughs> saying like. I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't think it means that much. I think the difference between a three and a 17, and now we're getting way too off players night here. Which is 15. Players night. But, but the difference <laughs> between three and 17 is like if I had. Uh, if I had a barrel and already pre-descriptively wrote this out and said that there was three gold coins in the bottom of it. But if you rolled a three, then I would say that you're completely turned off by the other substances that are in this barrel that you don't okay. notice the gold okay. coins. Yeah, I yeah. Can get that. But if you roll a 17, you're able to look past those things and you see the gold coins on the bottom mm-hmm. of this barrel 
or you're willing to put your hand in there and move the because I some think, yeah you know and to keep it on point with players being players night i think one of the huge uh we, we just we just spoke about perception one of the other the other big ones is insight that a lot of players when when a dm is telling a story and and he's having, staring like daggers at me right now i just have to say that yeah, I'm, you're <laughs> inside, bro. I'm bouncing between both of you. Uh, but you have... Oh, now I can, just, I can cross my eyes and get you both in the same fucking line of sight. But, Don't ever talk about me in your line of sight again. <laughs> but I think insight is another one that a lot of players don't utilize. Even, be, you know, I've got a fucking low wisdom or negative one. Whatever. You should utilize your insight, uh, insight because I think it could... It, it I think there's a big void in storytelling from the player's side of things but the dm can only give so much uh so much information you know with without the 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 characters investigating or talking or anything and but if the players use insight regardless of their score there i think a player should use insight far far more often than i see it and and let me let me okay i get what you're saying but the it should be it should be on the equivalent of but uh, as a, perception, I think. Okay, but as a player, it should be it should be. Hey, DM, am I getting like a vibe that he's X, Y, and Z? Okay, and, how you want to bring no, it about? Yeah, no, but and then it'd be like, hey, roll an insight check. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, but what I hear very frequently is, I want to roll an insight, and I've done this too. I want to roll an insight check because I'm getting a vibe. No, see, and that that's goes, and that's goes the wrong to my way. Thing. It, this game, let the DM dictate 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 dictate. <laughs> Who's dictate? Who dictate? <laughs> So let the DM dictate which skill you roll for your dice. Well, because and and, and the reason that what comes to mind is like, okay, insight and perception. Maybe the DM goes, here's what you say and says, well, a perception check. Yeah, you perceive that that's what's going on. Well, okay, so I'm going to look into that a little further. So I perceive that that's going on. Like, am I noticing like anything about his facial structures? Mm, make an investigation check. Or well, I, I don't know. Like, the thing uh, is, like, that's, that's at that point, like, deep, if, if I know. I think if, you're splitting insight yeah, into yeah. perception well, investigation, which should that, just be an insight. You're diving. Is, is, yeah. It's, it, I think <clears> insight, a lot of times, though, that we perceive something. Okay. Right? Insight is kind of like when you're dealing with people, that's your insight skill. Yeah. Okay. yeah when you're yeah, dealing with yeah. inanimate objects, that's your perception investigation skill. Yeah. Okay. When, I, when we're in mid conversation, you guys are facing. Insight uh, is intentions. You're, you're in facing, you're, you're, you're coming across that person that you haven't already, you know, verified as, you know, an ally to you. Or not only and that, or is that that person that you've already been accustomed to or exposed to is acting a certain way yeah. or maybe the tone of their voice however, is off. however the situation is you know yeah. the 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 dm gives you you know a, a dialogue of some sort and you're sitting here thinking like okay you know a, as the the player not the character you're sitting here thinking okay is this character this npc is he legit instead of trying you know and and this is kind of what i do because i'm not good at the voices and i'm not really good at the 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 acting skills oh we know to yeah i know the conveying of feelings to convey of feelings because i'm actually uh devoid of feelings <laughs> But back to the cold heartedness that I spoke of earlier. Yep. 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 Devoid of those. Uh, I, I, I can't <laughs> convey those very well. So as I as a character, you could easily just take take the information and you could just say, all right, does does my character believe this person? Does my character get a, a feel? And, and I'm saying this from a, a player of my perspective that can't do the 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 acting role play side of things and has to do it kind of from a narrative point of uh, perspective. But 
can he, my character does does he believe him or do I get a sense of truthfulness or lying yeah. or betrayal? I think the point is, is is that when you are trying to ascertain a bit of information, explain what you're trying to ascertain, not say, "Hey, I want to roll an insight check for X." Well, and here's the yeah. other thing: is like just if you refrain from that, yeah. if you describe that, and your DM doesn't pick up on it right away, then you have permission in my in yeah. my in my eyes to then ask them, "Hey, can I roll an insight check?" Because that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Like if your DM has like eight million things going on, yeah, oh yeah, and you're yeah. descriptive enough to like, "Hey, I thought I asked for an insight yeah, check, if, but I really want an insight check." If you got a dropped ball, pick that shit up and just yeah. say, "Hey, but here, I do take think this one, on give me all a- instances that we as players need to give the DM enough information." in how we're doing things so that they ask us for the check yeah because maybe they give you the benefit of the doubt and they say hey like well go with advantage because of the way you're looking for something yeah. or maybe they, yeah. just, you they might, just go you might get some uh, added benefit from it actually that makes a lot of sense why you would do that this is the information don't even roll it for it like, exactly there, there, could, be, there yeah. could be those situations right. that, exactly yeah. so that based, bring that up or based on your passive perception or inside, you would or whatever, get this. You would get this because of how you were looking for it. Yeah, and and there's a lot of shit going on behind that DM screen. Yeah. and and maybe they they you know they wanted even to convey that that message, but they didn't. And you say something about it as a good player, and you bring up like, okay, I want to I want to pull more out from the DM. And they're like, oh, fuck. And, you know, they look at their DM screen and like, oh, the motherfucker got it inside at 15. Oh, I'm just going to give you this right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I see that happening. Well, here's the other thing, too, is as players, I think that this is also piggybacking on insight checks and stuff like that is, is taking notes. Yeah. When you meet time. NPCs, if the DM gives you a description of an NPC and goes into detail with it, mm-hmm. it's probably an important person. Yeah. Yeah. At least take their name down. Yeah. Well, okay, but and let's back up here for a second. It doesn't really matter if it's an important person because the DM is taking the time to explain this person in detail. Give the DM, DM the, some respect. Yeah, and just Same write respect it down. And he tries and, to give you. Yeah, I mean, it. I feel like you I or take, she. Sorry, I feel like I take pretty decent notes, and the reason I say that is, is because over the last couple sessions, I take my notes on Evernote, and over the last couple sessions, none of them have saved, and I'm like, what the heck, because I'm like writing big paragraphs on certain things, right? Because I can tell. But that helps with the immersion is, is I, I remember, so I I had, um, I spent a lot of time in counseling and I was at one point in time wanting to be a counselor. And there's a part of me that still kind of wants to do that. But one of the things that my therapist or counselor always used to tell me is if it isn't written, it isn't real. And as, as, a, as a player character, if you want to be immersed, write it down oh. because all of a sudden you're not only adding the the auditory like I heard that you're also adding a tactile experience to that which just your brain lights yeah. up and says oh okay this goes in two places instead of one well here's the other thing is like I know you got something but real quick to build on what you're saying is like when you take notes you tend to write things in a language that you understand oh yeah so you shorten things up, you put different words, different places, maybe not the main facts, but you're almost writing it as your players experience it as opposed to the DM ex- explaining it to yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. So it also makes a different perspective than what your other people in your group are perceiving as well. So the next time you have to encounter that that thing, yeah. there's four different perspectives on yeah. how that event happened, which is more equivalent to real life than just somebody sharing a text block of of paragraph there's, information with you there's a uh so i i mentioned aaron sorkin earlier during the the 
the uh, the pre-funk. Um, but he, he wrote a couple shows that people might know. There's the one of them is The West Wing, and the other one is um, Newsroom. And there's a there's a scene in in Newsroom, one of the episodes where it talk they they talk about how like there isn't two sides or there isn't always two perspectives. Sometimes there really is one perspective, and sometimes there's a thousand perspectives, and the truth is somewhere in there. And D and D is a place where you experience that again in that low risk environment that allows you to really explore those those different things and i think that kind of goes back to our original thesis in the very beginning of our of our podcast of like why everybody should play because there's so many themes that we are able to actually explore on a visceral like um uh personal level at a very low risk cost and you might not like walk away with something. that's why everybody should play D D. exactly and that that in Icewind Dale. In Icewind Dale. And, and that, what's crazy about that, and I think what's really cool about that, is, is that you might not be actively making those connections, but your psyche and your consciousness is passively making those connections. And that's really cool because it's like studying without studying. You know, it's you're, you're getting the stuff done without doing it, you know? Well, uh, uh, I mean, even if you're going through some of these scenarios that you're trying to play out you know via the game but that can uh affect real life that that's that's you know in a lot of therapy or training um they they bring in role play aspects mm -hmm. and they say okay we're gonna role play this out well you know what dnd that's what it is it's yeah. a fucking role playing game well and and in those scenarios if you're if you're i mean you might be the only person at the table doing this but you've got a scenario you want to role play out and see how how others react to it you present that at at the table and your players and the dm will react naturally yeah you know uh, via the characters that they're playing but these characters are supposed to have their own personalities and and they're gonna react the way that they would and and you you will gain that experience well and and i'll i'll go uh, this is a thirty thousand foot view of what i'm trying to explain but there's this principle called neuroplasticity and the, and kind of one of the things that, that we say is neurons that that fire together they wire together right so it, it's kind of the idea of developing habits on a cerebral level if you will and that's that's one of the the huge benefits of role playing so as as a player diving into that you you're actually gaining a lot more than you think of than just the two to four, maybe six hours of fun you're having on a, a whatever night it is or during the day. I don't know what your schedule's like, but why would you not want to take the time? Intentionality is always going to give you better results than uh, what's the non-intentionality? Uh, Expectation? No, um, uh, just, just haphazardly going through it. Sporadic. Checking out, you know, not being present. I think that's kind of what you're saying. The two points that you brought up, taking notes and then role playing, they, they really are about being present. And I, if, if I was going to yeah, say that, like, big time. the player's responsibility is to be present. Like, you you brought up two points. The big point that I, I really want to bring up is, like, know your character. Okay, know what your character on. Before does. Before we dive into know your character, I kind of want to put a bow on exactly what I was saying. Okay. Is that a couple of sessions ago, we, talk, we talked about memorable moments. Yeah memorable moments that you guys have at our table so based upon immersion pretty much 
based mm-hmm. upon you guys don't even remember the things that were happening at the table physically. All you, you know you is rem- a mental experience. Yeah. Taking notes and role playing what your character does as opposed to asking for dice checks and just going through the motions are going to create mem- memorable experiences for you as your character in this game. Yeah. It's going to yeah. make the story. It's going to make your experience of the game and it's going to make the other people around you have mem- more memorable experiences. It's going to build those visions in your head, those memorable experiences in your head. Well, and, and, and to build off that, you had said something, I think it was in the first episode, like, screw it, we can just call this 20-sided dice or whatever. I don't think we can do that. I, because and, and, and hear me out for a second. It's like, if you want to roll dice, go play Bunko or Yahtzee. And, and if that's your fun, that's your fun. That's great. But like this game is about being present. This game is about paying attention. And this game is about intentionality, which is something that I don't really see in many forms of media that we consume besides this. And here's the thing, though, is like I think sometimes even us, like us three. Oh, yeah. As players, we take that for granted. Like sometimes there's lackluster sessions and then you'll be like, well, I didn't really get anything from that session. But then you you sit back and you reflect upon your own actions and you're like, well, I don't think I was giving it 100 percent anyway. So why would I even get 100 well, percent like out of it? Last session last session that john ran i think i got two or three kills in that last fight and you asked me how do you want to do this every time and i was like business as usual stab it and move on to the next thing i think part of it was is that it was late and i was super tired but like okay once again that means i wasn't prepared to be present for the whole time and did the rest of the table suffer i don't even know if the rest of the table actually noticed that that was going on i i noticed but my but, notes were extensive <laughs> last year but like awesome. i i I suffered like in hindsight, it's like I could have come up with some really cool shit. Now, does everything have to be like this crazy? Yeah, like, descriptive. Thing? No, no, it, it doesn't. But but the enthusiasm and the wherewithal to know yeah. that you're present to invest in a situation that's happening at a time to where you're putting into it just as much as somebody else is. It all goes back to D&D being about communication and relationships. Yeah. You apply One. these things in everyday life and and if you want something, if you want to you want the best experience of something, what do you have to do? You have to invest. You have yeah. to be there. With you know, and talking about investment and actually being present at a table, this is going to be maybe a touchy sub- subject for some. What would you feel like as a player if your DM sat on his phone the whole time? It's good good that's not a touchy God, subject. That would Man, fucking it's, suck. It, it's happened to me. Yeah. Like, I, I've been there. I know exactly what If your I, DM was on his yeah. phone the whole time, not listening to your conversations, not listening, how would that, you know, what would that do to you as a player? You'd probably not, like, I'm fucking done with this game, right? Yeah. Okay. How do you think the DM feels? How do you think the DM feels? How do you think the other players at the table when it's like, oh, hey, Andy, it's your turn. Andy, a- Andy, Andy, off your phone, you know? Yeah. And I, I, the, the only, the only caveat that I will give with that is, is that, I I understand that sometimes as a player you're like man it's 45 minutes between each turn I okay that's fine I get that Th- then then sure but you what you should be doing on your phone if you're doing anything on your phone know is, who's before you in combat know who's before you in combat and as soon as their turn starts you need to start planning your get turn back into the game or spending that time researching like okay going back through thinking your notes. about things yeah yeah go back through Maybe your notes figure do out some what it study is. time like, I the we we talked about this earlier in this podcast of like you know the the quick culture of you know make the money move on kind of thing and I got it's a like theory about that it's called the fast food theory 
Oh yeah, but well, I mean, that. you're not the we'll only one about... with that, but it, it it it's the same thing for this, right? Like, okay, let let let's be fair. Going to the fast food theory is that Go a real with... theory? I've made that up in my head. No, that's a real theory. Oh. There, it, it well, it's 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 instant gratification theory. Yep, that's. But but the point is, is like you know, is a McDonald's burger really better than I don't know something you have to wait 20 minutes for them to make? No, it's not. Um, but I don't know. I just. Like the only thing that I want to tell players is you need to be intentional and present. And especially when you are asking a DM. So, so let's say there's a four hour session. Um, it probably took the DM at least four hours, if not more to prep that four hour session. So whereas you just show up for four hours and drink beer and have fun and roll dice, the DM actually worked to facilitate your fun. You need to I show think, up. I think the average is it's like, I don't know how I feel. It's about the, the like two to one, two to one. Yeah, it's it's about two hours prep to one hour play. And I it, feel totally fine. And but but that that's, that's two that, hours fucking prep for one person. That just compounds my point. Yeah, is it does. like your your DM put in the work so that you can have fun and should do the same. You need to you need to like. And I'm I'm whew, I'm talking to myself sometimes too because me honestly, too. Me too. I think we're all talking to ourselves. Oh yeah, we we. I, I think this whole conversation have fallen into this. This trap. whole conversation is is a wake up call, pretty much. Yeah. It's just yeah. us telling other players that hey, look, your DM takes the time. If you don't feel into it, which is totally fine, yeah, then excuse yourself from it for that night. Yeah, Be like hey, look, or I, think about what you're doing, and maybe you're you're maybe you're not doing enough for yourself. To no, get for into sure. It. And but here's the other thing too is like sometimes you need that kickstart. Sometimes you need somebody else, a crutch. So so maybe maybe at the beginning of a session, it's not out of this realm to be like, hey, look, guys, I, I'm here because I know that we're a four person group and our DM plans for a four person group, and I didn't want to bail on you guys. But hey, look, I need to lean on somebody else a little bit more tonight because I got other shit going on. So well, I'm I feel on like, autopilot. Yeah, I yeah. feel like you and I kind of did that last. We both talked because I think. I think last time that we played with John, we both had gotten up way earlier than we wanted to, and it was way late. And you had said something, I had said something. You died, and I think this is this is kind of the point. You dove into taking notes and being present, and that's how you stayed awake. I hit a fucking wall, and it was like, uh, did I have fun on that? I don't know that it, I don't, I don't think I in. I don't regret my time doing pl- finishing out that session. And I wouldn't have just like been like, oh, sorry guys, I got to go to bed, you know, but, um, you got more out of last week's session than I did for sure. Because you decided to channel. Yeah. But at, at the same time, like I, I, I think it's just, like I said, it's, it boils down to communication. And if you, as a player, if you are able to, at the beginning of the session say, Hey, look, I'm, I, I woke up extra early today. Even, even if you're just telling the whole table, who's aware, maybe another player will be like, Hey, engage with you a little bit more to keep you on your toes a little bit more. That's a good point. Or to, or to make the role play aspect, maybe what they're thinking as in two, instead of just one. So like, 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 Hey, Pim. Like, hey, let's go check this. Let's go poke around these barrels over here. So then it engages you that, that maybe you're just like, I'm going through the motions, but then it engages you into the story. Yeah. Communication of your intentions or of your present state at the beginning of a session are also key in not letting your play group down. I think everything that we're talking about really just comes down to like intentionality, being present, you know, just, I don't know. I think, you know, note taking, you have to pay attention. That's part of being present. I think knowing what your character does is an intentionality. Like you put some preparation into coming to the table too. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm super guilty of it too. And I think 
like okay like for instance uh last session we advanced to level four i didn't roll my dice at that point i'll roll my dice before we go but i don't know if what actually happens to a rogue when they hit level four i think they just get an asi i i, I don't know i was so exhausted i just needed to freaking get home and get to bed well that, that's kind of what happens when you put in like unfortunately what we've been doing since we all have family lives is running like eight hours worth of D after working our regular jobs <laughs> yeah you know what i mean so like we especially come the here, three of us yeah, yeah so we come here we do this podcast for three three four hours yeah and then we jump into a D game that lasts four five six hours sometimes so when you hit that 12 o'clock even sometimes 10 30 wall Oh yeah. After being up at, and I have a three-year-old on top of it and John, you have little ones as well. Yeah. So, I mean, we're pretty much working. This is a job at that point. So, I mean, but it's a good job. (laughs) It's fun. It's fun. And and it's a hobby that we're excited for. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, especially the experiences that I have with you guys, but we all are guilty of sometimes taking plays off. And I think you just need to sometimes refocus that energy. And another way, of of that of being a good player is knowing exactly what your player is capable of and i know andy that you're speaking of this too is like doing some research on your character knowing what your spells do knowing what kind of actions that they take and that doesn't take a lot of time spend 30 minutes with it yeah i mean you 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 look at you look at a uh a a player sheet you know and you go fourth level and you look at a player sheet you can see all right what are what are the actions i could take well, think about those read those uh you know take them in or or your your special feats that you know uh class class specialties or mm-hmm. racial specialties yeah 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 or if you're a, a what bonus do they actually action oriented do? yeah look at what they actually do and and I, that that will increase the the immersion table wide well not only that everybody does not only that it will increase the time it takes between between turns yeah if you don't if you know the rules that you're playing decrease i'm sorry decrease the time it takes between turns i increase but if you know if you know the rules your rules of what you're playing it's going to eliminate the whole like oh wait what does that do again and then that's going to stop somebody else from getting involved right and i mean (sighs) You brought up, you know, it's it's almost like a job and maybe you need to get there in order to fully understand it. And and we're not talking about like brand new players or introducing brand new players, but like if you're no, a veteran and you've no. been playing this for a year, like okay, but man. Even brand new players, like once you go to the table and you got access to your character sheet at D and D Beyond, glance over it. And if you have questions, bring them to your DM's attention at that point that you have a question. Yeah. Message them. Message them. Mm-hmm. Because I can't talk right now. <laughs> we can't talk ever, even if Message we're sober. Message them and say, hey, look, I'm unsure of how this works. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Ask their opinion on it at that point. That way, when it comes up in combat, you're not you're not taking 45 minutes to an hour trying to deduce what the ruling is on it. Or the DM's like, man, I've not even looked at that. because, And I, I've tried to reduce my... my my use of this word during players night just because it's players night. But as a DM, like I'm not, I'm not trying to be hands-on with your character sheets as much as possible because that's your job. That's the job that you have. You should know it. Yeah. And I would, I would also, what you just said made my mind fire off and say, you know, I think 
if you if you aren't really paying attention and if you aren't showing up prepared, what it really comes down to is a type of gameplay that most people don't like, which is the player party versus the dm yeah and if you are if you're like engaged and you did the prep and you know what's going on and i mean even when it comes down to like just learning your character's personality and how you're going to play it if you do that at the table all of a sudden it becomes collaborative and your dm is helping you tell that story and helping you actually accomplish your goals well based on what you said too is like if you're unhappy with the way that the dm rules it if you brought it up outside the table then you have a cooling off period to where you can be like okay well i don't under- or have a conversation with the dm like why do you think like that as opposed to in the minute 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 mini, mini. in the moment yep then you're heated That's the because word. it's not it's not coming through the way that you perceived it as well and i would also challenge you on that is is or not you, but anybody that has an issue with it is like, yeah, let it cool off because chances are you're questioning the rule in the moment because it didn't go the way you want, not because it didn't go the or way maybe, that made sense. Or maybe the DM misread it or misunderstood it. So yeah. they're going along with it in the fly as it is. If you bring those things up that you have questions about of your character sheet beforehand, it gives an opportunity for conversation. There, so then when it comes up in combat or, or RP use or something like that, you can be like, hey, it's that thing that we talked about, DM, earlier. Remember how we ruled that? Yeah. And then you guys are on the same wavelength yeah. where we had that conversation. So there's no drama. There's no rough spots. There's no, like you said, Andy, player versus DM at that point is still the collaborative it, it, storytelling. Yeah. yeah it, which is a the, really crappy way to play. This game should definitely be PVE. Player I, versus environment. I hate player versus... Uh, dude, I, I troll Facebook groups. I'm not a big... So when I post on Facebook as of Dyson Bruise and stuff like that, I see myself a troll. I see, yeah, no, I see myself. Oh, I'm a smack. I'm John. I'm smacking the microphone. <laughs> yeah. But I we see myself as Dyson Bruise. Ben doesn't like being on Facebook. I hate it. I hate posting on Facebook. I hate it. This this but whole I thing troll, has made me hate social media. Period. But I troll. <laughs> I troll. Um, um, Facebook groups like D and D groups, and I see what they're talking about because yeah. that also lends to uh, topics that we talk about yeah. on this podcast. I get my information from the people. Yeah, yeah. But all these, all these, and I'm a part of a lot of DM groups. You know what I mean? Yeah. All these DMs always writing about players versus DMs or my monsters or blah blah blah. And I'm just like, stop, stop segregating yourself from your players. Be be a player Quit too. It. You're just you are the trees and animals. Yeah, but, and you I don't the, the the enjoy I, it. I think what this game is plagued by, and I think we probably sometimes give the vibe of being this way as well is people are taking things way too seriously. No, I, yeah. And does that go back to our, our preamble ramble of enjoy the theatrics of well, life? I think it all boils up into our, <laughs> into our, um, into our, our phrase that we end these each episode with is life's an adventure roll with it. Just yeah. let it go. You yeah. know what I mean? It's a game. Okay. So we're playing pretend we're grown men and women playing pretend. You know what? Okay. <laughs> you know, to that point, the D and D show, we all know critical role, you know, and then you got Sam who is a halfling and doesn't, and the best troll in the planet. Fuck. Yeah. He's like, Oh, what will that benefit the party? I'm not going to do it fuck it yeah let's see what go where where it goes he won't roll his his luck feet yeah uh dude it's, he thinks it's cheating well because no, he learned he's the, cheating. that's what he said no he learned in the last no. campaign that his fucking op is shit and it benefits you way too much yeah but i mean just but but that it's that 
you know, don't take it too seriously. Like, if but, shit doesn't go your okay, way, but here's well, the thing. Okay, but see where I, it goes. I'll argue with that because you know what? You're at that point. You're not just out for yourself. You're a detriment to your party. Okay. Oh, well, in his case, maybe. In his case, but, but I mean, here's the thing. That is, was a, an extreme I'm, analogy right, of. But what know. I'm getting to is the fact that if if you spend a little bit of time familiarizing yourself with what your character can do, yeah. Then and and if you have any questions, you bring it to your DM's attention. Then all that animosity at the table in the moment in the heat becomes it's gone. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing there other than telling just the, the story now. You know, well, in the game, if you, if you get one of those situations, in the game, just accept. Okay, we, we don't know. We don't know how it is. Or hey, we're gonna, look, can I reserve and just tell a DM like, hey, like, can we can we revisit this later when we're not yeah. in the moment? Yeah, yeah. And, well, and, and but at the moment. Just kind of roll with DMs. how it goes. Yeah. And here's the other. Okay, the one thing that I wanted to point out is like DMs detach from your fucking content. Yeah. Is, you have to realize that your shit is thrown away. Can be thrown away. Needs yeah. to be thrown away. Your fodder. Uh, uh, that's our whole thing with your 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 whole fucking. Thing, <laughs> they went down the fucking chasm. Where are they going? Adventure yeah. should be able to be detached from you. Do not have any personal personal in in like attachment. To anything that you do. And if you spend more time on it, realize, like Andy said earlier, and we all agreed upon in an earlier episode, that that's your fun of the game. That's what you're putting into this. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what you get out of it. If, Some, if, you're, if your party members go a different direction, do something that you don't have planned. Roll with uh, it. You know, I, I think I was the one in one of the earlier episodes, you know, jumped across that chasm. What's on the other side? You know, it, you got to uh, figure it out. Roll with it. And just don't take it away. Don't don't take away your players' fun. And and I think because if your players have fun, then the DM is going to have oh, fun. Oh hell yeah! If yeah. you create memorable moments for your players, if you aid them, no, don't create them for them. If you aid them in creating memorable moments for themselves, then you're going to have fun. They're going to remember who was the DM at that table and who gave them those memorable experiences. Therefore, it equals your success as a DM, which is a facilitator of fun and adventure. And they're going to remember that, dude, you did that to a T because I have these lasting memorable experiences mm -hmm. from the times that we played those characters in which you were the DM. Well, going back to uh, we, John and I and Tank probably don't remember that you flawlessly set up this crazy thing. We remember doing this crazy thing. And and I think there's a couple of different ways. But I here's, wanna... the, here's the thing, though. Hold on. Like, I didn't flawlessly set it up. I placed pieces and you yeah. interacted no, with think, those pieces i, I think I the players flawlessly I, yeah, no, did yeah. it out. i Maybe. predicted i flawlessly predicted how that was gonna how i hoped it would play out yeah but at any given point could that have totally gone a another direction well yeah. and I, I think going back to the idea of you know as a dm don't hold too tightly to your expectations player two like <sighs> let the other party members play their character and and I and I see this like we've even had to do this at our table of where it's like, OK, we're going to split up those two people because that one is constantly telling the other one how they should play their character. But maybe if we move them over here, that person will be able to play Ooh. their character. And there's there's a, there's this like it goes back to expectation of like if you're in a power gamer table, then then fine. You know, let's let's all collaborate and figure out the best way to play this turn. If that's your fun. Great. But like. Okay, one of my one of my kids that I DM for, they uh they they've got a rogue and he is about as suboptimal as they can get because Does he like to shave people? No, he doesn't. 
Is his name Mip? <laughs> no. No. Well, Brim. <laughs> no. Um, but Brim's not a bad name, actually. Um, but but for an orc barbarian, no. Yeah. No, but like, okay, if you're running a rogue, you should probably boost up your your, your decks. Your decks, right? No, he 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 almost like he's super strong. No, Tell he's not super strong. strong, but he like he like did he didn't do really twelves across the board. No, we, we we rolled for it, and he rolled really low. But I think like he started out with a nine in decks. Wow! And he had tens and elevens and other things like that. But like the whole point of his character, and it was really fun for the rest of the table to watch. And yes, there were times where it was really frustrating because it's like, why can't you, you just be, be really good? good at this. <laughs> you know. But it's like his his whole point was is like. His character isn't really all that good at it, but he wants to be this person. And so he's going to grow into that. It's he's like, faking it until he makes it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, and that's so much fun to yeah. watch. It, it is fun, but at the same time, oh, and here's where... If that's the player's fun, that's the player's fun. Yeah. The player's fun. Let but, him have but it. But me as a player, personally... I drive you nuts? In, I believe in... <laughs> huh? That drive you nuts? Fuck yeah. Oh, man, it would... It right. would but, but I couldn't do I couldn't do that. But here's the thing is like I believe in flawed characters. I believe yeah. in building my character through the progression of the campaign and through interaction of other PCs. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will not sacrifice is that if I choose a class, that's my main stat is my highest stat. I oh, for sure. Even if it's a twelve. I, like if we're rolling and that's my highest stat, guess what? And I'm a rogue that's going into dexterity. But everything else, dude, I'll I'll play to my flaws. I'm a flawed character. I play to my flaws all the damn time. Uh, another memorable character at the table for me was One Shoe, which was your oh. your uh, was it? That's a my Twitter or? handle too. Oh, is it okay? Uh, was was it a halfling or was it was it a I think gnome? It was a gnome. Yeah, a gnome. gnome. Yeah, gnome yep. wizard. No wizard. Gnome wizard, wasn't it? Gnome wizard, divination wizard. Yeah, and and he just was he was about as clumsy as they came. Fuck yeah, and and it was really cool. But like, so this. This young gentleman built this character basically as a one shoe who doesn't want to live into his abilities. He wants to grow into them kind of thing. And it really made me think like at a high story table, yeah. that's really cool. He was yeah. a prime character. One, oh, one shoe was, was uh, ability scored, not flawed, but, but played I played him. him. Yeah, as a and, bumbling idiot. And see, that's the difference. Like, I well, you played him as a high, high intelligence, low wisdom kind of thing. Super smart, but not, clumsy as fuck. But that's yeah. exactly how I play my PCs. Like, yeah. if I pick a class, I I don't dump stat my main my main thing. I mean, there at some tables it would fit. Here's the thing: is like you're trying to be an asset to your party. You're not trying to be a detriment all the time. I think that would that would work really well for an experienced player to dump stat their main stat in a table with new players. I don't think so. I think it would. I be think a, that would work I would, really well. I think it goes back to picking your play group and it, like like Andy said, at an experienced RP story driven table to make those characters would be phena- phena- phenomenal. 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 There's the t-shirt. I like that word. <laughs> Phenomenal. Phenomenal. At a, at a We're group. We're a lot of uh, resin fumes and drinking beer in here. <laughs> at a group. You're lucky we haven't lit up the hookah yet. I know. But at, at a group where you're Next trying session. to um, to accomplish goals, I still think that you have to somewhat be an asset to that to that party. You have to bring something to the table. Okay. Yeah. And I get that. But I'm going to challenge you is, is that... Um, and, and I'm if gonna, the fi- if the fighter has a higher dexterity than the rogue, okay, but hold at on. At what point is the fighter picking locks over the rogue? Well, but 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 okay, there are 
in in real life, you have very frequently, and and we we've, we've kind of talked about this. Uh, I think it was episode four that we talked about this, but you know, wandering into places that you had no business being, or or you know, it's the scaling thing. You you want to scale, and if that's not the game that you want to play, or the group wants to play, then then great. If it's if it's a scalable game, then yeah, as a player, like make your optimal character, maybe give it some flaws and really uh, this is a good point for all character or players you know know your flaws and actually play them because a lot of times the flaws are so superfluous that it's like uh i have a hard time trusting people i just met well <laughs> come on man everybody does and you've well, just the- been through like some really traumatic experiences yeah, you with- have some kind of connection <laughs> here's the other thing is story building through combat i'm gonna throw that out there based upon what you're saying right yeah. now is that it's okay to rp during combat you Not- I mean tape you should no but i'm giving i'm giving you permission like me as a forever dm i'm giving everybody permission (laughs) to rp during combat and rp during combat doesn't necessarily mean describe actions but interact with other pcs yeah i use my free action to yell good luck rp during combat interact with other pcs tell them what you're about to do but here's the thing is not tactically but in story you know what i mean so like you're not you know what i mean i did it again (laughs) so you're not you're not like, giving like, any like. information away. Now that the John's DM's not, not saying Icewind Dale, that's yeah. the new drinking game. <laughs> the DM's not going to be like, hey, well, that's way too many actions. But if you're interacting with them and saying like, hey, Pam, I got the I got the one on the right. You hit the one on the left. So like, you know what I mean? <laughs> God damn it. So- <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are, are we literally sitting here watching you struggle getting over a fucking uh, uh, an auto auto phrase that you say? So, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but if you're interacting as a player, as your character, and you're shouting out probably what that character is already going to do in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're engaging with them. Mm-hmm. That's another way to tell a story, even in even in combat. Yeah, but but okay, my my point in the I, you know what I mean? I, yeah, I do know what you mean. I, I I think that's a really important part, but I think it does go back to like what we were saying or what I I don't know who said it. I think I was one that said, it. like, know your flaw and you play would, into you it. You would take credit for that. Well, know your, <laughs> know your flaw and play into it. It's going to make more, it's going to make it more interesting. And, you know, to kind of push back on your, your like, be a asset to the party. Okay, sure. We need to be an asset to the party. And if you create a character that's suboptimal or even like dump stat optimal, and you've got a great way to do this, like it goes back to communicating expectations, talk to your party, explain to them what you want to do explain to them the story arc that you're kind of seeing this character go through because being an asset to the party is not just being good at picking the lock it's also being good at helping tell the story and i think a lot of times people are more focused on picking the lock than they are about helping tell the story and i'll agree with you and the only reason that i shy away from the dump stat at dump stat in my main stat aspect is because i've seen so many people play down to the well that's not what my character oh i fucking hate that phrase yeah i've done that fucking hate that phrase i really don't want an excuse (laughs) what my character would do i don't want you just because 
And here's the thing is I think people need to revisit the way that stats are placed out too, because yeah. eight is an average intelligence of a human being. You know, that's yeah. us. You need in real life right you now. Need to we're realize all eights. that just because you have an eight in something does not make you a dumb as a box of rocks. Didn't I? Didn't I? I I'm talked pretty about sure that. I put that in my Icewind Dale campaign in the very first group. I don't even have a beer in front of me. In the very first group set uh, text, I said, "No dumb fucking characters. If you roll an eight, that does not mean you're stupid." Don't play fucking idiotic, mean, please. Unless, <laughs> you know, know. unless unless that's the character you want to go, but make, you know, you could do that storytelling. But man, if you roll an eight, well, don't and, fucking and play let's, stupid, let's go to, please. Let's go I'm to not like, stupid and I've only got an eight intelligence according to D&D well, uh, like, fucking like, rules. Like, like look at look at Grog from the first campaign. He, had he a, was the he smartest a, one in the campaign. <laughs> Sometimes he, actually, I think he, he had a five or a six. 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 Yeah. And, and that... He played that very well. Like he, yeah, but he, he had the best ideas. He, did he, have the he best actually ideas. he actually had to like dumb himself down mid sentence sometimes. <laughs> but, but here, but like, he played listen, into that flaw, right? But here's yeah. the thing: is but like six, you can okay. make yourself Boop. sound a certain way, by but portray something totally different. Okay, but okay, so hold- like in 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 Grog's case, like this 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 dumb Goliath barbarian had a lot of great ideas portrayed in a very primitive aspect but oh they, and he and he he expressed those ideas too but that's but that's what i'm saying is but like there's really fucking dumb right, words so through yeah. very like primal savagery so like if he can portray these ideas then you can play those stats too if you have a good idea in party or like for a certain situation and maybe you're not the smartest character well then relay those that that think of a different way to to relay those ideas but still get the same idea across well, and i and so in our current campaign icewind dale i said it not john um i'll drink <laughs> drink anyways right uh the my my character's backstory is that he's from a different world and one of the things that i've been thinking, <laughs> you don't even know that well i don't know that but here's one of the things i've been thinking about a lot lately is is that is common the same on this world as it is on that world Probably not for for DM simplicity. Yes, it is. Well, probably, but 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 even then, like maybe maybe. Bro, I don't want to come up with a no common. <laughs> no, no, no. But common they, one and common two. No, but we've all we've all met. Well, I don't think everybody, but a lot of people. You've met a lot of people. Um, I, I work in construction, so I work with Did a I lot work of with like, like three hundred women that don't speak English. Yeah, I work with, as a primary. I work language. with a, a ton of of or of, any. Uh, English is a second language people and a lot of people when they role play and maybe this is something, Hey, as a player, stop doing this as, as a role player. If you are playing a quote unquote dumb character, just because you don't know the language doesn't mean you're dumb. So like, I I know a lot of really, really intelligent people that can't really speak English very well, but they're like hyper intelligent. They're way more intelligent than I am and they should be paid way more money than me in my opinion. But you, you get my point is like, okay, what if you created a character that Can common speak, was a second yeah. language? And so like, I mean, just those kind of things, like get, get fun with it. It's a role playing game, play a role and, and know what that role is and be willing to put yourself out there. But don't use it as a crutch. Mm. No, because mm-hmm. rules use can be as, bucked. Use You're allowed to asset. change, right? Use your flaws as an asset. Use your role oh. as an asset. Get creative with the fact that, like, if you roll for stats, mm-hmm. don't get bent out of shape that you didn't roll optimally in what you wanted to play. Get get excited about the fact that you have room to grow and room to develop, well, it, and you can make this character into something that, that it wasn't at the beginning. In my opinion, you play a campaign. 
okay, so one shots, one shots. DM says create a twelfth level character. You're not expecting very much growth out of this character in no. a one shot. No. But when you go to a campaign, and this is why all campaigns start at level one, in my opinion, <laughs> is because you are looking for the growth of characters. So start at level one. Start flawed. Start again. Squishy. You know I mean? you're, you're so vulnerable at level one. And then as you grow, let the campaign dictate what you're doing. Don't plan your character one to 20. Let the individual instances plan your character for, or or aid in the ability to level up your character i was given in one campaign that me and john are a part of um this is like the only campaign that uh that uh um andy's not a part of with us but i was given i'm a barbarian path of the ancestry barbarian and i was given a flame tongue greatsword that's I really that's like a that thing. very fucking <laughs> like i yeah. didn't choose that somebody level, just gave it to me. level four <laughs> somebody gave it to me but here's yeah. the thing is like that, wow that, that weapon dictates like hey look I, i'm not a barbarian you were gonna I'm, go i'm gonna take a fighter now i'm you gonna were, go a fighter now. yeah you're gonna go full barbarian and you got a flame tongue greatsword and you're like nope nope yeah no new class <laughs> yeah i allowed it to change me not just based on the weapon but i was bored with the barbarian path like straight barbarian is is very dull in my opinion there's there's it's very lackluster there's not a lot going on yeah after you get that uh it's just not a lot after level one when you get rage yeah it's, it's just the same <laughs> cookie cutter aspect so i was like okay now i got this flame tone great sword now let's capitalize on this this yeah. a little bit so well, now, okay you don't take go back to the our we we keep doing this but referencing critical role what you made keep doing this <laughs> you no, yeah. i did one you did one Andy. Okay. Fair. And now I'm doing a third. But <laughs> no, you did one too. You and you you brought I don't up Grog. I have one. Who? You brought up Grog. No, no I brought up Grog. I did not do that. I brought up Grog. Oh. Yeah. That was well, my anyway. one. Well, we're going to go back to Grog. What made him great? The fact that he raged when in, or that he had a, you know, a talking sword and he fucking spoke with it. It was his <gasps> kick-ass voice. Or or he <laughs> had I a like to rage. A, a belt of uh dwarven kind that he grew a beard and that was like a whole fucking thing. You know that you know, I I'm going to agree with you. Barbarians are kind of kind of boring. Well, they, they maybe you need some magic items to well, spice them up. I, oh, hold on, I just think you need I don't think they are boring. I think what it does is it 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 means that you have freed up your mind to actually role play. So if you're going to show up and you're going to be a barbarian and you want to tell me that being a barbarian is boring, how are you going to okay, make it fun? So here's the thing, though, dude: is my character in this campaign is anything but boring? Oh yeah, like, no, no, your character wise, dude. Okay, but then, then I'm, killing, I would, I'm killing it on the RP aspect. Okay, I'm talking then, about combat wise. Okay, but then maybe maybe you're in a in a so so one of the things that my guys told me is is that, that there's maybe too much combat and they they kind of wanted they they kind of wanted a little bit more of the RP side. Okay, great. So at that point in time, it's like, well, does it really matter if you're bad in combat? Not really, because now you're doing it's it's a different game. No, no, I agree with you, but I'm I, and and when I reference that the, the barbarians are boring, that's just my personal experience. Yeah, this is what yeah. I'm going through right now. Because Never played one, so I, I don't def- know. I definitely feel like it's see object, hit object, kill object, and, hack and slash. And honestly, like to me, that's not very. If I don't have multiple choices in a situation, well, you're a fucking bard in real life. So, well, you know what I mean. <laughs> You keep saying that. I don't. I don't know that Ben is a bard. Yeah. Wait till you see him in a party. Okay, that might be a party. But look around us right now. I think he's an artificer. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like one or two levels in artificer, but no, you get the. I you get my toes. You you take off you take off this fucking the the the, you get the cover of, of Ben <laughs> that you see right here. Ben's a fucking bard, bro. Uh, okay. Okay. Anyway, watch me shed my morning clothes. <laughs> 
The Bruce Almighty. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know though, you you brought up Andy. You brought up a a topic, uh, a phrase a little bit ago about um, playing to your weakness, uh, and we both keep referencing this Stormlight Archives. Mm-hmm. One of your favorite characters, Dalinar Kolin. Take that drink. should be the drink. <laughs> well, <laughs> drink again. And and I think I mean he's I mentioned this beer. in in uh, all the books so far. But Kaladin, kind of the I think Kaladin's probably the main character. Have you finished book four yet? Yes, I have. Okay, and I haven't even started the prologue. <laughs> but uh, but Kaladin, he 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 refers to a time when he was first joining the army that uh, one of his leaders says you need to take your your biggest weakness and make it an asset. Mm-hmm. you know make make your biggest weakness a strength yeah and that led to some serious shit in the book but in the D, like if you take your biggest weakness your dump stat and make that your strength and i think you i, I think you've done that because uh gino your barbarian i'm pretty sure his dump stat's probably charisma uh, yeah pretty sure <laughs> but i think <laughs> charisma is your your character's biggest strength yeah, well okay probably. but 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 here here's where i where i go as a player is okay you need to we're probably getting to a point where we need to wrap this up but i think you said it every episode well that's fine every and just like you say every episode <laughs> is is something to the effect of uh what's on tap but you no, know every, ep- the last... every episode is why everybody should play oh D&D. that that and icewind dale you're right anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, icewind you know what i mean too. yeah you know what i mean um no, but I, I think you need to understand what you're trying to accomplish. And at the end of the day, rule of cool, having fun, right? All those kind of things. And as a player, I think be present, put in the work, understand what you're doing and and have a good attitude. We talked about it. I think it was a couple episodes ago about like, you know, fudging dice and the humility aspect of it. Like sometimes asking for help or having somebody else come in and backfill what you're a weakness at actually does provide some of the best life experience. And and the and the reason I keep harping on this like stat thing is is because I don't think I don't think you should worry about that all that much. I think if you're coming to play this game, you you need to understand, okay, are you playing a heavy like crunch rules kind of thing or are you going on this like storytelling adventure? And if you are going on this storytelling adventure, prepare for that. It comes down to prepare be ready for whatever that brings you. And if that means that you are weird thing, I mean, we're of Dyson brews, but if you notice that after like two or three beers, you've checked out at the table, guess what? You need Probably to stop. only have one. Yeah. Yep. And, Cut that back next time. Yeah. yeah. So, here, but here's the, here's the thing is, is, is bringing up stats and, and, and it may be me redirecting course, but what I thought about is like, people don't need to know what you're good at. People don't, or your other players at your table don't need to know what you're good at, what your stats are. Yeah. People don't need to know what class you are, to be honest with you. No. But and dice dice rule all, you know what I mean? For players anyway. So your 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 checks It doesn't matter if you all, have a plus twelve in something if you, if you roll or a one. minus. You know, if you're rolling well, if your dice are on fire, nobody needs to know what you're good at, what you're bad at. You know, yeah. even the best rogues roll terrible with a plus on their fucking dexterity checks. No, the best rogues can't get under ten. 
Only if you're on a high level. Yeah. How long? How often does that happen for you, John? A high level? <laughs> I've never, never got there. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, I, I think Icewind Dale might be uh, <laughs> the first time John's first ever time, experienced yeah. a rogue that gets above gets that 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 particular issue. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and he's not even you know, playing it. You know, know. Uh, he's out to kill a rogue now. That's right. Pin's dead. Uh, Some. I. I. You know. I, th- I think to to sum up uh, a lot of the aspects that we're talking about, I, I I said this in the the text to you, Ben, when we were discussing this this topic as a as a as a subject matter for our episode. I said a player should put in as much work as a DM does to DMing. I you know, and maybe maybe not as much time wise, but I think if you if you expect your DM to spend hours creating a world, creating encounters and creating stories and content and plot hooks at least put in the time i to know your character know what you can do and at least come up with a you know backstory personality that you're going to convey at the table and at the table be engaged take some notes mm-hmm. and and listen yeah and, and there's things i i, I what I would say is, is everything that you just said plays into it. I would take the time aspect out of it and say, hey, maybe you don't need to put in the same time, but you need to show up and respect the time that's been put into it. And you do that by doing all the things that you just said. Yeah. Time was an, uh, yeah, uh, no, 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 an I analogy that. word. You know, Totally, totally get that. But it, it is it is a, hey, people have taken the time out of their busy schedules to do this stuff. And yes, they enjoy it. And, and DMs, you have to you have to admit that yeah. like you're working hard because this is something you like doing as a player. Uh, put in, put in, make it enjoyable yeah. for well, them, too. And, and here's the thing is like it all goes back to it, it's kind of like a poker game. If if there's five players at the table in a poker game and you ante up as a DM and and, and you got a small blind next to you, you're only going to be excited if 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 you have a good hand, if that pot builds. Yeah. So if that pot is building, you're only going to be more excited when you win that pot if it's a huge pot. If you got just your buy-ins and then everybody just shows up all the time, like even if you win at the end of the night, even if you take all the money home, it was a daunting experience getting there. Yeah, drama. It was slow. It was tedious. And and what this boils down to is like if the DM is the dealer mm-hmm. and everybody at the and all the players at the table are 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 your betters, feed more. Bet your hand. Even if you don't have this the the hot hand, even yeah. if you don't have like pocket aces or whatever, feed into it. Yeah. Have people call your bluffs. Well, and you and, can call your own bluffs. And, and the only what, people that are going to tell you that you're lying are the dice. Yeah, and what makes this better is is like money's not on the line so Absolutely. you yeah, should no, you should that, do that it even just, more that was just the analogy yeah. like you have nothing to lose here you know yeah. what i mean like throw in because it, the more you throw in the more memorable experiences you're going to create for that whole table well so that drama yeah, and suspense exactly. that builds as the hand grows as the bets are being called as everybody's throwing in their individual assets to the table mm-hmm. when somebody when and at the end of the day the best part about it is you all split the pot evenly oh yeah you know what i mean so like there's, there's no, no money's lost there's no yeah. but you, all that stuff that you throw in at the end in the in during the course of your four hour five hour two hour session is divided equally so yeah. if it would you rather it be a, a pile of 500 or a, or a pile of 25 like it just the more you put in the more you're getting out of it mm-hmm. that's yeah. the basis of this whole thing is if as a player you throw your heart and soul into this game i guarantee you you're gonna feed oh yeah you're gonna people. suck in all the other players yeah. the and not only that if you get the dm is gonna realize that the dm is gonna see you're doing that and the dm is gonna 
to feed you. Yeah. And you're just going to keep bouncing off each other and feed. And the power of, like you guys were saying earlier, attitude. You know what I mean? If you bring a positive attitude to the game table, just like if you bring a positive attitude to work every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter what's going on in your life, if you bring positive atmosphere to that, you're going to get positivity out of it. If you bring negative and condescending attitude to anything that you get, all you're going to get is met with resistance and force. Well, and that's I, just what happens yep. and all the time. And I'm going to I'm going to take that just one more step and I'm going to say there's that saying that says, you know, just be just show up, right? Well, showing up is part of being present. It's not just about being physically there in anything you do. You don't have to be good being at a part. It. But but like this goes to something, okay, if everybody unfortunately and I always tend to go dark like this, but and I'm sorry. I think it's maybe just the way my mind works it's morbid like, fuck i know i'm a morbid fuck um but but the reality is is we all go to funerals like we've all been, <laughs> oh, yeah, we've yep. all been to morbid a funeral fuck yeah yeah we've all been to a funeral <laughs> but the point is is like you were invited to be at that funeral be there if they're singing a song sing with it if people are staying afterwards and discussing this person's life be there you're being part of a moment it's the same thing for D. you are being part of a moment show up just showing up and being physically there is not good enough when we are saying show up that means be present and i think that's just life in general is so many times there's that movie adam sandler movie i think it's called click where he's he gets that remote that allows him to like fast forward through things and pause things he's not present and that's the whole point is is he's being present to the pain being present to the joy being present to all these different things this is this is the player side of it is be present to the story that the dm is helping you tell well not only that also to add to that like when you are present all those pain and suffering moments that you're equating to like lead to the payoff when the payoff comes the payoff is tenfold at that point because you're so exhausted from everything else that has taken place that once you finally get that end game you're Mm -hmm. like man this is so much more rewarding than just what it could have been if i was just physically here oh yeah yeah yeah, because 100%. your character has investment now. Your person, your your journey throughout this game, even if it even if your payoff is at level three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if your payoff, even if your character dies, like just knowing that that when a PC dies, like this is a whole nother cab, like a whole nother fucking avenue that we could go down. Like when a PC dies, like what would, would you rather the other, like if the other characters stood around your PC's funeral or not your PC, I'm sorry, your character's funeral or player character. Yeah. 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 PC. What would they say? Would they say that he was, would they have a personality or would they have something to go on or would they did? He was there and he swung an ax. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if what was th- his name? If you thought about it like that, the eulogy at your funeral, of your PC's funeral, what would they say? And then take that into a mindset of like when you approach a game, you want to leave these play- po- people, DM included, with a memorable experience of your own pc so just like the dm tries to convey just like the dm tries to convey a memorable experience for everybody to experience mm-hmm. as a pc you should be trying to etch in other pcs and the dm's brain a memorable experience of your pc yeah yeah for sure and players get involved be there listen look watch write do what you need to do do what the dm does be present and I, I, I don't know you can't do what the dm does but, yeah, I, but i'm talking no not not actually put in the effort put in the effort yeah. that's I mean, what i'm saying I'm, and i and i think it all boils down to you only literal. get what you put in yeah just like everything like in your job in your relationships in your D group 
in your um be a part of the world yeah you can create interact. the world as much as the dm can you can and you can influence you can influence other pcs you can influence uh, the dm mm-hmm. you can influence everything you can do just as much work as a dm does by giving what you want to get out yeah yep and i think i, I think that's the sum it up right there nailed it yeah cool so until next time follow us on facebook instagram and twitter we're also yeah. on youtube dice now. And brews. we're on youtube now oh of dice, dice and, brews. and brews and remember life's an adventure roll with it